You can take control of the airwaves, dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. We kick off another week of fun and excitement. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. The website itself, redesigned for 2010. If you haven't been over there yet, go on over, create an account. It's completely free, unlike those other talk shows that want to charge you for accessing their sites. Ours is free. We give you all the features, the webcam, the live streams, the archives. The site itself actually allows you to submit show prep suggestions, uh, news stories. That can also include videos, blog posts, whatever you want. You submit it to the site. Other listeners vote them up and vote them down, and so can you. It's all free. Over at freetalklive.com. So, lots to discuss here tonight. I did mention over the weekend we had uh, the government is one giant cult. I just thought that was a fun uh, title because we've got a gentleman that calls the show fairly often, Gene the Christian Anarchist, who has been saying for a long time that the government is a cult. And Phil Mammon over at lewrockwell.com appears to agree. So we'll start out with that. But then coming up, Mark, you've got something about felony recording. Yep, that's what it looks like. In case you didn't know it, recording something can be a felony. We will find out what exactly that was all about. Uh, But first, from LewRockwell.com, we go to Phil Myman. In 1954, Dorothy Martin, a Chicago housewife, announced she had been receiving messages from outer space, telling her the Western Hemisphere would be destroyed by a flood on December 21st. Remember, 1954. The messages came from a being called Sananda who assured Dorothy the true believers would be rescued by a flying saucer just before midnight the night before the flood. Dorothy first tried to get the word out to save as many people as possible, but in September, her small group called the Seekers shut down all outside communications. Many quit their jobs. People thought they were nuts. Left their spouses and gave away their money and possessions. Person. Who needs them if, if you're going to go ride on a flying saucer? And the world's going, I mean, they're going to be flooded out, so yeah. Per Sananda's instructions, they removed all the metal from their clothes, because presumably they're being beamed up somehow and having the metal uh, would get in the way, I suppose. <laughs> on December 20th, <laughs> I suppose. On December 20th, uh, 20 or so people crowded into Dorothy's home to await Sananda. The best part of the story is her husband went to bed. <laughs> He's like, yeah. you already read this, huh? I happen to know the story oh, from okay. a different location. It's a great story. The clock, uh, the clock struck midnight. No visitor. One seeker noticed a second clock showed only 11:55 p.m. So the seekers reached a consensus that it was not yet, in fact, midnight. When even the slow clock finally showed 12:10 in the morning, one guy put on his hat and went home. Perhaps he thought he could get his job and his wife back. The rest stayed in stunned silence. A little after 4 a.m., Dorothy got another message. The disaster had been called off. Hallelujah! The little group, sitting all night long, had spread so much light that God had saved the world from destruction. (laughs) I wonder if the guy who put his hat uh, on and and went home fell for this crap, too. It would seem hard to believe that he would have been brought back in uh, after that. But the next afternoon, the group called newspapers, friends, anybody who would listen to spread their message. Which has to be minimal. 
Their single most important prediction had proven blindingly obviously false, but their reaction was renewed vigor and belief. Does that sound familiar? Well, for over 50 years, the government dispersed the military to every corner of the globe. Whether the locals wanted them there or not, resentment grew, and that resentment grew into a movement. One of its results was the hideous terrorist attack on 9-11 in clear retaliation to unjustified imperialism. And what was the response? More troops to countries entirely unaffiliated with the 9-11 attackers. For almost a century, the government has controlled the value of money through the central bank. Inflation has ravished the dollar. And regulations and guarantees only encourage uh, reckless risks. In the Great Depression, much as in the past few years, the mistakes of centralized economic planning became obvious. What was the response? More centralized economic planning. A few years ago, a campaign called Earth Hour started with feeble support. The intent was to have people switch off electricity in their homes and businesses to make a point about the environment. In the last year, global warming has been shown to be fraudulent and simply wrong, as proof came that scientists essentially fabricated evidence. It's clear the effects of humans on the environment is negligible, but Earth Hour founder Andy uh, Andy Ridley said the movement recently has only grown. The environmentalists reacted just as the cult did to the expose of the myth. They spread the word. This year, thousands, uh, excuse me, a thousand landmarks and the offices of many global companies across 300,000 cities in over 100 countries darkened for Earth Hour. So why does this happen? Well, we actually know why, because three psychologists infiltrated the seekers, testing what was then a new theory of cognitive dissonance. That uncomfortable feeling you get from holding conflicting ideas. See, feeling that people receive when you might first introduce them to the ideas of liberty. Maybe the feeling you first felt when you first found out that, oh my God, you could have been wrong this whole time. You know, um, the... The more research I've been doing on the skeptic sites, and, you know, I'm probably half skeptic. The more I've been doing, the more I've been finding out, I think I still be- I do believe in this global warming, what anthropomorphic global warming thing. I think that it it's probably a lot less dangerous than they make it out to be. But, uh, you know, I, I, I may be I may be signing on to this thing. The psychologist predicted that when the aliens failed to come, those who had invested the most in being rescued would strengthen their resolve. And they were right. Five conditions must be met for someone to become a more fervent believer even after disconfirmation. First, the belief must be held with deep conviction. You couldn't be a newbie. You've got to be in for the long haul. Second, the person must have made a substantial commitment. The more irreversible, the better. Third, the belief must be such that events could refute it. Fourth, the undeniable evidence must occur. So faced with the truth, you are rejected. And fifth, most importantly, the person must know others who support the idea. See, fanatics can't be reasoned with. If the government is like Dorothy, then we're in trouble. Even though the rest of the cult eventually disappeared or dispersed, she continued to act as a channel for Sananda until her death. But perhaps we can draw inspiration from her husband. As Mark mentioned, he never supported Dorothy's visions. On the eve before the cataclysm, he slept soundly through the night. <laughs> so is it cult-like? Is the, uh, the behavior of the followers of the state cult-like? I well, think that, Gene is, is right, and that I think much this, I want to disagree with. Bill uh, Maiman is right. I, I think that uh, I think the uh, global warming thing still remains to be seen, and um, I think that the government is the worst organization to deal with it. But there may be something to be said for it. I, I'm, I'm still, you know, still researching.
The toll-free number here is 1-800-259-9231. But cognitive dissonance is an incredibly powerful thing. And it's... It is so frequently seen in the minds and uh, in the the words and the actions of uh, of Americans and people around the world. When confronted with the truth, the older they are and the more set in their ways and their beliefs about the state they are, the more cognitive dissonance they are likely to to uh, to experience. When the truth about freedom and the truth about the violence of the coercive state is put in front of them. I mean, even if they were to hear uh, somebody like Barack Obama actually saying... What essentially sets a nation state apart, which is the monopoly on on violence. What essentially sets a nation state apart, which is the monopoly on on violence. And then they repeated over and over again in that clip. Somebody did finally pull that clip out, uh, as you re- had requested, Mark, and, and there it was. Now, I don't know what the context was. It was some blah politician thing where he was talking. But he, in the midst of his little answer to the question... He revealed the truth about the state, that it is a monopoly on violence, crystal clear. And I, I, I think there are people out there that have deluded themselves into believing that it's something other than that. Right. You know, I'm, I'm carrying on a conversation with uh, with somebody and, um, you know, via email and somebody I, I met in real life. And, you know, they, they're suggesting that people that are open carrying, they're talking about this William Kostrick thing, they're t- suggesting that people that are open carrying are attempting to intimidate others. And specifically <laughs> Secret Service agents who are just as armed and probably better trained than they are. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Ludicrous. 800-259-9231. Coming up, uh, Mark, you've got a story about somebody who recorded, a, was it a conversation with a bureaucrat? It's a cop. A cop. Charged with a felony. We'll uh, explain what happened here in moments. Take your calls as well. 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. We'll give you all the features on the site. And those features include live streams. We have a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all available for you free. Listen.freetalklive.com. You can also get the phone number there for our listen lines, which allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen uh, via that method. Listen.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime. It's getting together with other like-minded, liberty-oriented people, people that have moved past their cognitive dissonance and have embraced the ideas of liberty. And not only have they embraced the ideas, they are willing to make a move to physically pick themselves up and their family and their business, if they have those things, and move them here to New Hampshire in order to pursue the ideas of freedom in a way that heretofore has really been impossible since the last time there was a migration for freedom. People migrated way, 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 way back from uh, different places to this country, but Ever since then, uh, freedom has not been on the increase in America, and so we want to see freedom increase 
And the way to do that is to get together. So go to freestateproject.org and get signed up and join the fun up here in New Hampshire. We're having new people coming on over to uh, the Free Keen Forum all the time saying hello from all across the country and that they're uh, they're planning on making a move. And, of course, people are going all around the state, all the way up north to uh, to the seacoast, out here west in, uh, in the Keene area, Manchester, the big areas. There's a lot to do here in New Hampshire, and there's so much exciting activism happening here. Go to freestateproject.org to learn more and get signed up. Let's go to Shelly listening in Georgia. Ladies first, and we'll get to the felony recording charges here in a little bit. Shelly, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Yes, sir. Hi, who are you? Hi, how are how are are I or who who am I? I said, how are you? Oh, just great. What's on your mind tonight, Shelley? Okay, well, I'm calling in. First, I just want to thank Free Talk so very much for uh, its service to the United States citizens. And I just wanted to let you know I signed up today and um, um reason what what did you sign up what did you sign up for i I just signed up today so that i can listen to your um radio station oh great Um, you don't have to sign up by the way just to listen to the show on freetalklive.com you can listen in any old time without creating an account but go ahead what was on your mind tonight right well what's on my mind was that i was on the internet and and i saw free talk of an article about me I am from Georgia, and on March 2nd, 2010, the police officer that kicked my door down came in my home and uh, basically manhandled me, put guns to my head, and murdered my baby. I was three months pregnant, and they killed my baby. And I really believe that, you know, uh, a lot of people should be outraged about what's happened to me. I agree. What What was the pretense for them coming into your home? Well, they, they, they claim that I've had too many dogs, which is not true. How many dogs do you have? Um, I had four dogs, and the law allows five dogs. And they just basically, I was at home, I was pregnant, and uh, my son just told me that my home was uh, surrounded by 14. And I didn't know what was going on, and later they just kicked my door down, ran upstairs, grabbed me, pushed me down to the ground, and manhandled me. And uh, basically, I was telling them I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And they didn't care. And they basically had put the handcuffs on me, and I suffered a miscarriage because of that. Mm, That's horrifying. In addition to that, they had me with no clothes, naked in my house, while they took pictures of me. And my oldest son was there to witness what's happened to me. Um, you have this article about me on your uh, on the website. Yes, we do. Now, is your uh, your name Chanel Nahan? Yes. Nahan? Yes, sir. That's me. Yes. But Shelly's my pet name. Yes, that's Shelly. me. Yes. Clayton so, County uh, down there, apparently. And did they end up charging you with anything? They just said that I've obstructed them by not opening my door. I didn't know what was going on. They said that you wanted them by not opening your door? Uh, they said they've obstructed them. This was Obstructing. Yes. So I did not know why they were there, sir. Uh, they just swarmed home. And as a matter of fact, the uh, citations that they were talking about were um, for one year ago. There were nothing recent. 
And, so, uh, so they, so wait a minute. So they cited you a year ago for having too many dogs, and then yes. that's what they were coming right. after you for was for the citation that was written a year ago. Yes, sir. That's what they claim. But uh, that the, um, I'm believing that, that the dog citation is just a pretext. I'm an activist, and I speak up about the rights of other people. And I believe that there is something more than just a dog citation. And they're using these citations as pretext to come in my home. Mm. You know, but, I mean, they came in my home. It's like, you know, they almost killed me. Yeah, that's uh, that is absolutely awful, and we've heard so God, many stories it's here. It's so horrifying, Shelley. We have heard so many stories of people that have been attacked by the police. In many cases, it's a mistaken identity; they get the wrong house. Or in a case like this, I mean, they brought out the SWAT team to raid your home that's, because of dogs. A, my entire block was full, sir. Um, there was so many. As a matter of fact, I'm going to tell you something that's frightening. When I heard them coming upstairs for me, kick the door down, I, I lived in a two-story house, and I ran outside, and I was half naked um, because, as I said, I was in my bed. And when I looked in my front yard, there was about 20 to 25 men, all dressed in black, oh. pointing their guns at me. Yeah, that's a lot of people for a lot of a lot of police officers for one gal who might have one too many dogs, right? <laughs> yes, sir. One little pregnant woman. It's like, just not making no sense. And so, uh, you know, they took me to jail. I was arrested. Um, um, they, as a matter of fact, I was taken to the hospital, and I was hemorrhaging. And they still sent me to jail. Yeah. The hospital not kept me. They sent me, and it was just it, it horrifying because. The box seat of the police car, there was blood, there was blood on the ground, there was, you know, they locked me up and never gave me food or water. So as what happens now, Shelley? I mean, now now that this has happened, have uh, are they trying, is there a trial or were you already found guilty and that's why they put a warrant out or what, what's the, the status? No, 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 there was no warrant or nothing guilty. What's happened is that, well, now I've got a lawyer on the situation to deal with the civil issue. But what I want it now is to bring out this type of injustice so that no other woman in the United States would not have to on the, um, live what happened to me. Uh, when these things happen to citizens, we're not supposed to sit down and just let it go underneath the rug. I am trying to call in attention to as many people. How can people, people. How can people help you, Shelley? Is there a website? Have you gotten in touch with the folks over at Cop Block? Uh, no, 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 sir, I've not. Well, I'm calling in today and to see what possible help. I can tell you what. I, what I would recommend is that you get in touch with our friends over at copblock.org. Uh, C-O-P block. Yeah. Cop block. C-O-P-B-L-O-C-K. Copblock.org. Our friends uh, Our friends are over there, and they've got a great blog that can help bring attention to uh, to your case and and I hope that you could call us back down the line and let us know what happened. Yeah, let us know what's going on, Shelley. But head over to copblock.org, get in touch with those folks over there, and I thank you for the call tonight. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. Do you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. Features including the Shrine of Female Listeners with the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send us their validated photo or video showing they are indeed listeners of the program. You can see them, and if you are a lady listener, become a Shriner at shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Uncovering the secrets and exposing the lies. That's what the readers of freedomsphoenix.com get every day. Readers of freedomsphoenix.com are constantly provided with the detailed real news that lies between the lines of propaganda and the relationship that we have with coercive governments. FreedomsPhoenix.com offers up-to-the-minute updates on the economy, technology, communications, and the rise of the police state. Go now to FreedomsPhoenix.com and sign up for their free daily dispatch today. I get it daily, and it is awesome. FreedomsPhoenix.com. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever you want. Steve is listening in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Steve. Hello, Ian. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Hey, Mark. Also, um... A real quick, really quick story before I get into the meat of my topic. Um, I, I actually, as you guys know, I have a boat repair business, and I I did a job for the mayor of a major city in the state of Florida. He needed a stereo system installed in his boat, mm-hmm. and uh, so he wanted something. He wanted some very specific parts. He didn't want me to go down and buy them, so he wanted he and I to go down together to find out what was compatible with his boat, what would work and something that met his personal standards, which is fine. That's normal. So I get in his truck. First thing he did was he ran a red light. Uh, <laughs> and, and then we get to the store, uh, and he, I, he said, how much cable do we need? And I said, we need about 30 feet. And so he said, okay. And so he measured out 30 feet. He measured out an extra 10 feet. He cut it, and he threw it on the counter and told the guy that it was 30 feet. So he basically stole 10 feet of cable. Jeez. <laughs> this is a mare. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I mean, you know, it's right. I, I, it's not my business in a way, but I mean, I couldn't believe it. this guy's a mayor of a major city in in Florida. You're doing more um, <laughs> by calling in here than you would by you know losing your customer and creating a fuss yes. and all that stuff. <laughs> yes, um, yes, I think that uh, I think this is a great object lesson for people that these these are the people that we hire um, and no, I didn't to, hire the, him. to do these jobs. Well. <laughs> You haven't gone Somebody and fired did. him. I can't fire him. Right. That's the thing. I'm, I'm just trying to point out that these are the one. These are the ones that get in charge. And yeah. even if it's not bad people that when they start out, this is what it's like to have a job like that. This is what it yeah. does to somebody to have no accountability. Right. Okay. So uh, yeah, and you're right about all that. That's 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 well said. Uh, now, what I was going to talk about was okay, the Free State Project is a, uh, a plan of getting basically a certain number of people's names on a list. And, and these names on the list, all these people have uh, basically pledged, they haven't sworn, and they're certainly not obligated, but they're pledged that once this certain number is reached, 20,000 I think it is, right. mm-hmm. uh, within five years of that moment, uh, they, they have pledged to move the Free State Project. And I thought... Wouldn't it be interesting? Now I got a lot going on, but this is something I definitely would want to work on if somebody else doesn't think it's, you know, if somebody else doesn't beat me to it. What if we had like a a tax protest project that was something similar to that? And and maybe you guys can help. I haven't really thought it all out, so maybe you guys can help me kick this around a little bit. Let's say 
um, we have a goal of getting a certain number of names on the list, a certain number of people who have pledged that once this certain number is reached, whatever it is, 10 million or whatever, uh, we will all stop paying our taxes. I think it's a fine idea. I think that promoting it will become the difficulty. Right. Yeah. I put something like that up once on Pledge Bank, and, you know, I I didn't really promote it that heavily, and I didn't really Uh know how to promote it. The We the People organization um, at GiveMeLiberty.org does something similar. Basically, they say, um, you know, you sign up to 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 their lawsuit. And uh, they say that um, you know they're not paying until they get these four answers uh, to these questions that they're they're looking for, and the government has made no indication that they're going to answer their questions. So uh, right. likely, you, <laughs> likely they'll um, you know the fact the government isn't likely to come after you for not paying your taxes if you work for yourself and. Um, if you are not famous, you know those two. Right. Yeah. But those that doesn't two really. That, but what you, the answer you gave, Mark, or what you were just saying about uh, we the people doesn't address what Steve is bringing up. And the, the we the people folks are already not paying taxes. They're saying, hey, but come you can on, sign up to theirs. Them. You can sign up to theirs. But I think that what Steve's trying to do is he's trying to give people that incentive of, well, X amount of people are going to not pay taxes. Would you join in if you knew that X amount of people were not going to pay taxes? They haven't stopped stopped paying yet. They're waiting until X is reached and then they're going mm-hmm. to stop paying. There's 109 million um, ta- you know, tax forms, fi- tax filers out there, and there are more than 300,000. Uh, people in the United States, so only a third of the people are paying taxes, are, are filing taxes at this point. As a matter of fact, half of those people that are filing aren't even paying taxes, according to a uh, recent uh, article that came out. So it's only one-sixth right. of the people that are paying taxes. I mean, really, I, I have to ask the question, if you're filing, if you're if you're below, you know, whatever, $60,000 or whatever it takes to, to actually pay taxes here in the United States, why in the world would you stop? I mean... You, right, well, uh, I... What I was kind of envisioning for this, and, and like I said, I'm just sort of kicking it around. It helps to say it out loud rather than just thinking about it. Well, the answer, uh, by the way, to Mark's question is principle, because you don't want to pl- um, to uh, to go along with the federal gang. What, what do you right, how, exactly. are you going and, along? And, and, and that's what would be different forms. between that, – that's what I think would be a bit different between this and We the People, because We the People says we're not paying until you answer these four questions, and what we're saying is we're not paying. It's different. You know? I, 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 I agree it. it's different. You'd have to you'd have to uh, probably set up your own website because I don't think doing right. it through Pledge Bank was is going to cut it, uh, which yeah. is what I did. And uh, so you'd probably have to set up your own website. It would probably likely require some sort of custom code. Uh, you'd, uh-huh. you'd also likely want to uh, b- somehow assure people that their privacy is going to be kept. Uh, exactly. So you want to host, host the website outside of the country. People, so that, outside uh, of the country. Right. Exactly People are going to be thinking. paranoid that if they sign up for something like that, that they'll be targeted. I mean, you're right. getting somebody to, to sign up to something like that is going to be difficult enough of overcoming all of their objections is going to be the most important part beyond right. the marketing aspect, which is, I think, is the most critical aspect. Once you have a good concept solidified and and together, and a good website that's easy to use, put together, then you have to get the word out there, and that's the trickiest part. But if it's a great idea and people like it, then the word will spread on its own. So yes. there's that factor too. Yeah, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of things to take into consideration, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think that would be the main thing, is that we're just simply not going to pay taxes. And I think the number would have to be very large in order to make an impact. As Mark said, already we have a third of the people that aren't, uh, you know, even filing. And, and that would be it, too. That Part of the pledge, I think, I'm, as I'm kind of kicking this around, would be we're not even filing. 
you know, screw you. We're not even going to fill out your stupid form. I agree with that. Yeah. One of the other things you might want to consider is being a little more flexible. Because if you come uh-huh. up with a number, your number may be too high or too low for other people. So if you sure. do like the Free State Project does and allow people to have a custom level to where they could say, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I'm willing to not pay taxes if X other people also don't pay taxes. And for, for one person, it might be 10000 For another person, it might be 100000 For another person, it might be a million. And then they right. can put set whatever number in they want to. And you'd have to have some sort of code in the, the background of the website essentially being able – you could run some statistics. Statistics. You could show people, well, we have this many people that are willing to stop paying if we reach 20,000, this many people that are willing to stop paying if we reach 50,000, this many people, you know, Who have already stopped paying because we've reached, you right, know, 5,278. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good point, good point. Right, and, and the first thing I thought of, of course, was the hosting outside of the country. And then the second thing that I thought of was that, don't you know that the conspiracy people, the, uh, I hate to say it, the Alex Jones types, are going to say that basically it's a it's a government-run thing, and all they're trying to do is collect names of people who are not going to pay their taxes. Put a little you know gold, that would be the first thing that would come out. Put a little gold conspiracy. seal down at the bottom that says Bilderberger approved. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know how it goes, Steve, and if you put this thing together, we'll be happy to plug it for you. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate it. And I'll sign on as uh, somebody who's going to stop right now because yes, I haven't paid for five years. <laughs> 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. It would be kind of cool to take his back code and apply it to local areas, too, and have people stop paying property tax and stuff. Free talk left. Notorious space pirate Phoebus Crumb had retired to a frontier world, only to see it destroyed by raiders. Now, Crumb is given a new ship, a new crew, and a dangerous new mission. Infiltrate deep within enemy territory and destroy a deadly dreadnought that threatens the balance of galactic power. Follow the illustrated adventures of L. Neal Smith's Phoebus Crumb online now at BigHeadPress.com slash PK. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. And freetalklive.com. Hey, if you want to support this program, you can do so. By going to promote.freetalklive.com, there is a list of things that you can do to help get Free Talk Live onto more radio stations and into more ears around the country and around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. Check out the Low Country Liberty Report. It's liberty-minded news for liberty-minded folk. This Ridleyographer is based out of Savannah, Georgia, and is currently doing a series where he's interviewed all the ladies of the of Liberty Alliance calendar girls. You can find these lovely Lola ladies in their interviews at our very own Free Talk Live Shrine of Female Listeners. You can find all the rest of his stories at lclreport.com, sometimes even uh, our new FT, on our F, new FTL website. Feel free to vote up his stories if you like them on the new uh, FTL website at freetalklive.com. All right, 800-259-9231, continuing with your phone calls. Ryan is in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ryan. Hey, guys. Hey. I have a long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. I just uh, I think it was on the 8th of April y'all were speaking about uh, privatizing the fire service, or some lady uh, had said, well, let's just ask the firemen if they want to do it. Y'all recall that? Yeah. All right, and I uh, I am a fireman here near Atlanta. I'm a, I'm a fireman, too, here in uh, up in New Hampshire. 
Hey, Audrey, it's all right. Now, are uh, you a, are you a paid fire uh, fire person? I actually, or? am. You yes. are. Okay. The term is professional. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in a large department, we got about 350 firefighters, um, and I actually think that would be an incredible idea. And uh, if, if you know it could be implemented, it would be excellent for the fire service because you would get a lot of the. Uh, uh, humdrum firemen that actually just come in for a paycheck and know they don't have to work hard and don't really care about anything, you would weed those now, out. Just a point of information, when you say it will be an incredible idea, can you flesh out what you're talking about for people just tuning in? What what idea specifically? Uh, to privatize the fire service, to take, uh, take it away from the, the control of it, away from the local government, to um, have private companies come in, uh, similar to what we've done with EMS, uh, and, uh, you know, hire their own workers and uh, build their own market for it as opposed to everyone having to pay uh, for something that may, may or, they may or may not want. Now, when you said humdrum firemen, um, can you tell me a little more about them? Uh, yeah, I mean, just like any, uh, any type of job, you have, uh, you have guys that are just there for a paycheck um, and just, I've been there. I've been a fireman for about nine years now, and just from my experiences, I would say the majority of uh, the firemen that I work with are actually there for the right reason. They want to help people first, and mm-hmm. then, you know, of course, the income is second to that. I'd uh, like to point out one thing on, um, uh, you know, regarding firemen that I think. Uh, weeds out uh, the the ones that uh, may may only be there for a paycheck. Now this doesn't it doesn't entirely work, but there's something unique to firefighting that um, you know sort of works, and it's an internship program. Basically, um, if you want to be a professional firefighter, you have to have interned at volunteer stations uh, somewhere nearby. Is that true? It's or not, are you specul- is this an idea that you'd like to see implemented? Is, is that no? True? It's both basically true. I, I'm I'm going to wait for the caller to uh, to back me up on this. Yeah, it's 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 somewhat true. It's not always the case. Uh, we had a population boom down here in Atlanta or in Georgia over the last, you know, of course it's slowed since uh, the, the economy's kind of taken a dive, but uh, there for a while they were just hiring because they needed people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I actually witnessed, you know, some of the standards even be lowered because they just mm-hmm. had to have bodies to ride the trucks. And I think if we were to privatize it, you would have, uh, you know, more scrutiny from the people that were in charge, uh, that were, you know, that wanted to run a good business and make sure that everything was run properly so that they could keep those consumers paying as opposed to now you have everybody's got to pay regardless of if you think that it's a service that you may want or if it's even worth it to you. I think that there's a there's an issue. The, the only issue I have with what you're saying is the term privatize. I think that the the term privatize has a connotation of it being somehow still governmentally operated at a fundamental level or funded by the government. Right, a government controlled monopoly, basically. But hired like out the, essentially, like to, the, the electric companies are. Yeah, but but hired out to a bidder or something like that. And I think that uh, the, I think a better term might be, at least from my perspective, for what I would like to see, would be to marketize uh, fire service, which would be to get the government out of it completely and allow the marketplace uh, to create competing fire agencies as is necessary to satisfy market demand. Yeah, I, I agree completely. That's actually what I meant. Um, I guess my wording was wrong with, you know, saying privatize. I don't I don't believe that there's, you know, 
I've, my views have changed largely over the as I've you know grown and become an adult. Um, you know, over the years of actually having my own family and having mm-hmm. to pay taxes and whatnot. And uh, I mean, I think that that would be highly beneficial for not only the fire service as a whole. I think that uh, you would have a, a higher quality all around of uh, you know people coming to. Uh, perform CPR or whatever it is. That- that's true. I mean, that's what a competition does is it brings uh, better uh, businesses competing means that they're competing for employees. Do you think right. that and as opposed to what you have right now, you have, you know, you get what you get type deal. Uh, there's no there's no incentive for one uh, county's fire department to be, you know, any better than another's uh, because they don't have the threat of losing yeah. their base. Right, and they have no liability either if they don't put the fire out. Uh, Whereas if you had a market protection, if you had a market fire protection, who knows how the market would organize itself. Maybe they would be subsidiaries of insurance companies or something like that, or or they'd get paid based on how much they saved uh, from the insurance company. I mean, who knows how the market would uh, would end up organizing that, but I know that I would want my firemen incentivized to be on the scene as quickly as possible so the least damage uh, was done, because that would lower the insurance costs. Yeah, think, I agree totally. I think, mean, that sounds great. Do you think that uh, firefighters would be paid more or less or about the same in a uh, you know in a um, in, a, in a world where we marketize fire service? Do you do you think that it would? Because um, it seems like uh, you know sometimes maybe there's too many firefighters. Maybe the firefighters are paid too much. I don't know. These are the kind of things that I I I feel like I see in in um, you know big metros. I feel like it would be like any other business. You know, if you have a a, uh, business that's run properly and they hire good firemen, they're going to get more business. Therefore, they're going to have more money and uh, and a reason to pay more to their firemen so that they can continue to provide excellent service. Now, if you have a company that's, you know, going to provide, you know, crappy service, they're not going to have as many people uh, paying in and the people are going to start dropping them and I think it would you know that it would regulate itself that way as far as uh, pay would be concerned. So uh, think I think that, it would likely uh, be more. I mean, I would oh. I would say it would likely be paid it, more. It might very well be because they could very they could be the the Blackwater of uh, firefighters as it were. The uh, there would be fewer of them, uh, but they would be very very good at their job. And, Possibly. Yeah, um, you know, I mean, it's difficult to know how the marketplace would come up with this. Maybe helicopters are the best way to fight fires. We don't know. They maybe you know maybe they don't need to have engines um, you know all over the place. It's it's hard to say. But right. currently, what I know isn't going to happen is you're not going to see as many innovations in the area of uh, of sort of the administration of firefighting. There's a lot of innovations in fire in fighting fires, but not in as uh, many in, in the in, uh, in the areas of uh, administering. It. Mark, do you remember that story we talked about? Uh, I think it was last year sometime or whenever they were having those fires out in California, and we talked about a private insurance, a fire insurance company that was. It was used by the millionaires, you know. It was used by the people with the very, very expensive homes because. But those were the, the ones that were burning last that's year. That's <laughs> where the market. Well, that's where the market is for this kind of service because it's like a lot of things where there's a government existing uh, provider 
the only market that exists is kind of the high end uh, for for people that want better protection uh, than that. And these guys were coming out with this, you know, space age foam that they were spraying out around the houses to create essentially a fire barrier uh, that the fire couldn't even go past, uh, basically protecting from burning embers that could fl- uh, flip over into the yard. And really, was I mean, they they had some innovation even at the the upper. Uh, the you know the upper levels of fire protection only for the elite they are innovating so certainly the innovation is possible and in the absence of the government one size fits all system like all new innovations we'd see the good ones um, stick around and lower in price as more companies were able to adopt that technology and figure out how to to lower the cost of it and essentially uh, make it so that those things would become affordable for the average uh, consumer. Hey, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, and let us know, uh, you know, the the world of the firemen if anything interesting happens. Because we don't know, we don't hear from firemen very often on this program. Sometimes we hear from the law enforcement officers, and it's it's interesting to get into their world. Thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. You can bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Can you hear that? Can you hear it? It's very annoying. I hear it. Can you hear that sound, that ringing, that hissing? I can't get to sleep with it. I can't concentrate. I hear it constantly. You can't hide from it. Everywhere I go, it doesn't go away. It drives me nuts. It's tinnitus. A constant ringing in your ear caused by loud machines. Loud music. Ah, finally. Quietus. I love Quietus. Quietus will stop the ringing fast. Quietus is all-natural, chewable quiet relief. Quiet relief so I can work. I now get a full night's rest. Quietus has helped thousands of people with tinnitus. Quietus is real, my friend. Quietus has changed my life. Call right now for your risk-free trial of Quietus at 1-800-758-1817. That's 1-800-758-1817. Stop the ringing now. one 800 758 That's 1-800-758-1817. Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free, including our news updates. You get signed up, we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can get them via email or Twitter or Facebook or all three if you want. You can go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. It's free, of course. That's news.freetalklive.com. As we continue, we will take your phone calls here about whatever happens to be on your mind. And still to come, Mark, you're going to tell us about uh, somebody who was arrested for making a recording and charged with a felony. We'll uh, explain that here in a little bit. First, we go to Ohio in Canton. WCER listener Eric is online. Uh, hello, Eric. You're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you? What's doing on your mind today? tonight, Eric? Hey, uh, I got a couple questions. Um, have you guys ever followed uh, Fritz Springmeier? Who? No. Fritz Springmeier. <laughs> no, certainly not. Who is that? He was a, um, I, I don't know what you call it, but he was one of those soldiers who was like brainwashed. And um, he's really popular. And he deals with um, like the Illuminati. And this guy was, um, I guess he, his mind was programmed by the Illuminati. 
And this guy, um, he basically um, was commissioned to do some work for the Illuminati. Uh-huh. How did that work exactly? I mean, I, I'm a bit of a skeptic about this uh, this whole Illuminati, Illuminati thing. So, do you, can you can you give me a little more detail? Like, how was he brought on board to? First of all, how was he brainwashed allegedly in the first place? Secondly, what kind of jobs are we talking about here that he was supposed to be doing? Well, he was supposed to be like a sleeper soldier. I don't know if you heard that term or not. Yeah, like uh, like in Charles Bronson's Telethon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, where you where uh, you know they uh, they utter the Robert Frost poem, the line from the Robert Frost poem, and then you go off and do some sort of crazy thing where you blow yourself up or kill somebody. Right, and this yeah. guy's a Christian, and this guy, I basically uh, what I know Indian. about it is this guy he got programmed from the Illuminati, and he basically <laughs> uh, had jobs that he had to do. Like killing and different things. Have like you ever seen that, that movie, Mark Telephone? It's, it's a really not. good old movie from the the 1970s with Charles Bronson in it. it it's about Russian uh, undercover secret agents that don't even know they're secret agents because they've been right. brainwashed. And then when they hear the Robert Frost poem, they go into action and they start killing. It's a really. It's, I remember it. I don't remember seeing it as an adult, but as a kid, I remember liking it. Right. It's funny and that the they... ironic thing about that is is it's supposed to be real, you know. Yeah, I don't know if through. it's if it's real or not. It certainly is very Hollywood, and it makes for a for good, entertaining movie. So, how did this guy break out of his alleged uh, indoctrination? I mean, how did how that happen? I, I, I guess he got uh, somebody in the organization. I'm not sure how it went down, but I guess he got debriefed or whatever. And this guy uh, brought a lot of other people in the organization out of that. I don't I don't understand because the Illuminati is whenever you hear the people advocating. The, that they exist, the the people that believe in the, the the idea of the Illuminati, they present them as this untouchable gang of people that are you know the world's elites. They're all in this club and they're very very dangerous people. Why would the Illuminati, presuming all of this is true, and I'm not I don't believe it necessarily, but presuming it is true, why would they just allow this guy to walk away? Why would they, why would they allow him to uh, to get away with all their secrets? And I was kind of wondering that myself, you yeah. know. But the thing is, um, I guess they program these people, and, and these are ordinary people, just like you and I. And they program these people, and these are normally military people, to do these jobs for them. And it's it's kind of bizarre. It sounds kind of like stretched out a little bit. But at the same time, you know, I, I really believe that. Are you sure this this guy just doesn't want to sell some books? And so he's made up a nice little story to tell. Like the people that are abduct- allegedly abducted by aliens, you know, they want to sell a book. I would, think, I would think better people um, than military guys because um, you know I, I see that the government has lots of access to military guys, but they also have a lot of access to, to convicts. You could take these convicts, uh, and, and nobody's going to ask any questions, right? You could program them to do anything, and then you can completely distance yourself from them. I mean, you know, uh, some guy's got... Uh, a tattoo on his face, you don't really expect him to have ever worked for the government. So right. I would think that convicts would be a better choice than military people for this whole programming thing. Yeah, I would think so. But the thing is, you know, convicts don't hold no, you know, reputation. You know, people look at convicts and kind of write them off. Yeah, but you can get them to do anything. I mean, they, they'll go anywhere and blow anything up. Or I mean, obviously, anybody anybody would if you uh, utter a Robert Frost poem to them. But if, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you if you use them, I mean, clearly the government has no problem uh, distancing themselves. Uh, Fritz uh, Springmeyer here might be somewhat credible, um, whereas, you know, some ex-convict uh, w- with a tattoo on his face isn't good. Yeah. Well, 
Well, so what it's, here's what I want to know is what's the point of it? I mean, is it just kind of an intriguing thing to you? Are you fascinated? Are you somebody who's fascinated by such things as the Illuminati? Is it, is it your hobby to learn about these things? It's more than a fascination with me. I'm actually, you know, since I was seven years old, I'm 41. And since I was seven years old, I've been reading and studying about a lot of things. And I see a lot of proof. If, if you look at, you know, the way the economy is, you look at the way things are running, and, and, and I see a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of sinister things going on with these people. And, you know, you look at the way people are treated, you know, you look at uh, people who are suffering a lot of injustice, you know. and, and Sure, and, sure. We see all the injustice. I mean, that's all pretty, pretty clear. In fact, last hour we had a lady call in. Uh, from I think it was from down south. Yeah, she, Georgia. Yeah, in Georgia. Who oh, I was had, so appalled at that. Yeah, it's she awful. had her home raided uh, by armed gangsters, uh, calling themselves the government, and you know they went in there and they they terrorized this woman, allegedly causing her to have a miscarriage. There's one part in the article where it talks about how a cop shoved a knee into her back while she was on the ground, and she believes that uh, was what caused the trauma that uh, caused the the miscarriage. And right. I mean, there's, there's, there's just so much violence that is, is apparent that you look at that and you can say, well, I mean, they weren't brainwashed by the Illuminati. They were just brainwashed into the, the mindset of statism. Yeah. They're just re- rednecks getting uh, bureaucrat paychecks. You don't, yeah, you don't have to go, you don't have to go to the, the Illuminati and the Skull and Bones and the Masons. I don't doubt that there are organizations con- out there that, uh, you know, that uh, of people that wish to rule the world. I, I, it's, it seems to me that there's organizations of people at all levels of society rich people travel in different um in in different circles than than the average folks do i i just i i wonder this it seems like uh there's this it's easy to dismiss the the conspiracy theories uh, because you know the person who's you know they're just a tinfoil hat nut right, job right but of you thing. can't dismiss a woman who had his her has her house raided over having a few too many right. dogs so that's what that's why I'm just that's why I wanted to go in this direction with the conversation because you sound like somebody who's you know you you don't necessarily sound like a kook uh, but when you start talking about the Illuminati it makes it so people will just write you off without really paying attention to what it is that uh, that you that you have to say. Yeah, I so. understand. I'm not much of a speaker. <laughs> no, know, I think but. you're great. I, I I think you've done a really good job with the, <laughs> with what you're saying here. I mean, <laughs> you know, but I've I've been following this stuff for a long time. Like I said, I was seven years old when I started following this, and it started, you know, get, really getting interested in what and what's really going on. And I believe there's some people on top. I mean, you got the Masonic orders, you got the Illuminati. And these people do exist. I don't know if you've ever looked it up. I, I well, certainly a friend of mine is like a 30-something level uh, Mason, and, and he says there's just nothing there. It's just a bunch of old guys that give money to charity. Yeah. I mean, that's what he says. I, I tend to believe him. I, I really, You know, he's a good friend of mine. I don't know. They I have mean, a creepy meeting room. I've been inside the... Yeah, that's <laughs> a creepy meeting room. It absolutely is. But, you know, now, they're old guys maybe, and whatever. Maybe not everybody that's in the Masonic Order is bad. And and um, and that's I've just read it. You'll about never know, this guy right? named Stan You'll never know. Dale. Will you? I mean, you you like you say, maybe some of them aren't bad. Maybe in fact most of them aren't. Maybe there are only a handful of them that 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 are. 
and you'll never know unless you manage to get up to the 80th level of the, the Masonic <laughs> Order to find out for yourself. And by that time, they'll if they then you've are wasted real. your time because well, everything was true that they said it was true, or you found out something else. Yeah. Hey, thanks right, for the call tonight. Right. I appreciate the discussion, and thank uh, you. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. I don't think I'll be talking about the the Masons or the Illuminati at any point uh, because I just don't think it's credible. Uh, but on the other hand, I think what is credible is stories like what we uh, that lady shared with us last hour. That's one of those stories that can just wake somebody up, I think, instantaneously to what's really going on. And that is that people are being hurt by the government. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. Features including our webcam, by the way. The webcam now brought to you by memorydealers.com. The cam is available for you. It's higher quality than it has ever been a few weeks ago. I uh, doubled up the resolution on the webcam, and so it looks better now. So head over to cam.freetalklive.com. You can also chat with our listeners. There's a chat room on the very same page, so you can watch, listen, and chat all at once, all for free, over at cam.freetalklive.com. Memorydealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including FSPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s. They are 100% compatible with all major uh, networking equipment manufacturers, including uh, Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, HP, up to 99% off list price. Can you believe that? Off Up to 99% off of list price. I looked at the list price, and they really are up to 99% off. These guys are the real deal. Yeah, even even if uh, the, their low discounts are 60% off of the uh, of, of what these uh, major manufacturers charge. It's memorydealers.com. Uh, it, they've got their stuff in stock, ready to ship via overnight delivery. Go to memorydealers.com. All right, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, still to come here, felony charge for recording. We'll find out what the details are on that. Frank is in Ohio first, though, listening to WCER in Canton. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, how you doing today, guys? On your mind, hey, uh, back to the fireman situation. Yes, sir. You know, it used to be volunteers. In many places it still is. Uh, yeah, well, for a small community, and, and they have enough uh, people volunteering, Samaritans. Uh, you know, the purity of the spirit that runs through uh, a fireman, for the most part, is most excellent. They're there to save lives, prevent destruction of property, and lives, and and uh, and to preserve life. Uh, so pretty much the spirit of a fireman. It's very good, you know. Um, they love life and want to help preserve it. The the firemen people are, are paid by the county and city workers, okay? Mm-hmm. And they pay into a union, the policeman's firemen union, okay? 
I believe unions are good for the police and firemen if they don't become too corrupted uh, politically uh, uh, in, in their vision and in the spirit of, of the people that join the firemen and policemen's association. Well, now you do understand that when it comes to government unions, I, I'm not opposed in concept to the idea of a union. I think that in a free marketplace, which we do not have, but in a free marketplace, uh, that if workers want to somehow organize to bargain, uh, to increase their bargaining posture, I don't see what the the problem is with that. But I, I think the problem comes in when governments get involved and grant special privileges to unions or or grant privileges to the business owners and protect them from unions. I don't think the government should be uh, involved in that play at all. But when you're talking about uh, the government, government fire department then the government unions of the government workers tend to be even more powerful than a workers a regular workers union is because the teachers union for instance gets to uh, control all kinds of things about how the government system works and they hold a lot of the cards and it the makes police it, unions get to decide what's legal and illegal to some extent. I mean, they well, lobby what, very hard. Yeah, well, I, I well, highly oppose the idea of unions, especially in when it comes to specifically when it comes to government workers. But then again, I'm opposed to government and coercion in the first place. So of course that would follow. Well, unions are neither good nor bad. It depends on the heart of the union and the direction of the unions. And and oftentimes I'll, I'll speak. About the right, but when it comes to the government, you typically have to be in a union in order to work in those particular fields. If you're going to work for the, you know, you're going to work for the government school, you typically, as I understand it, at least, have to be a member of the teachers' union. So it becomes, uh, it's it becomes a level of coercion, even applied uh, applied against their workers. Of course, it usually benefits them to uh, to some extent because they get to demand all kinds of stuff uh, from from being in that union. So I don't think there are any good government unions. The government unions tend to increase the costs of government, and government on its own is already inefficient and costly, but adding in unions to the picture just makes things, I think, even worse. If you go to the corporate structure, it will become even more corrupted by politics and greed. If you go to the corporate structure in regards to firemen? Yes. Okay. Why is that? Because all of a sudden that entity, that corporate entity, becomes a soulless living thing that gets its tentacles into all kinds of temptations of greed and power trips. So they're not doing that now? That's what I'm trying to say to you is look how the corporate world in America has rolled. Well, okay. I, I agree I with you. I can look at the corporate right. world, and, 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 I can... and like what we what you have to look at is what we advocate on this show is a free market. What we have in America is not. In America, first and foremost, the government grants a piece of paper to people who wish to go into business and follow their rules in business that uh, absolves them of the responsibility of their actions. It's called well, incorporation. Would... That's the first and foremost problem: is that the government grants people the ability to not be responsible for their actions. Well, and then everything else follows after that. They uh, they set up rules that make it easier for the big guy um, than it is uh, to compete against the little guy and all these other things. So we're not talking about 
you know, making uh, we're not the the attempt here isn't to see more of what we have in America. No, the proposal isn't, Frank, to put a corporation in charge of the fire department. That would be a privatization proposal. And I made it specifically clear when we had the conversation that I do not advocate for privatization. I advocate for marketization where each individual homeowner can hire from a hopefully a variety of uh, service providers, whatever the market decides is appropriate. You can hire whichever company you want to uh, to do your fire protection for you. And even if they are corporations, uh, it's better to have some corporations competing against one another than a one-size-fits-all monopoly. Wouldn't you agree? Well, in particular, back to the real issue of firemen and, and how to run a fire department, the, the truth of the matter is when you, you, you go into business, you were talking about privatization. When you go into business, all of a sudden, you have to incorporate. You don't have to incorporate. I haven't incorporated Free Talk Live. But when you're under liability, the insurance companies make you incorporate. Okay. You're you're forced into it legally. Likely true, um, it, but likely what you'd see is insurance companies running or or, or working with fire departments themselves. Um, so they'd be certified. And, yeah, they and they would they would probably be subsidiaries. You mean like the insurance companies write the laws and, and say you must wear a helmet and you must buckle your safety no, belt? No, no, they wouldn't be laws. They would be the insurance companies would be working with the fire companies in order to where if you wanted to have home insurance, as you would have to have if you had a mortgage or something like that, then it would likely come along with fire protection because the bank would want the, right. the home I, to be Right. I protected. believe that you should be free from a governmental standpoint to juggle, to juggle flaming uh, arrows in your living room if that's are, what are you, you want to do. However, your insurance company may say that it is against their rules in the contract uh, for you to juggle flaming arrows in your living room. Hey, Frank, thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. I don't know if we were effectively communicating between us and Frank, but hopefully somebody got, got that. I feel like we were... Explaining ourselves. 800-259-9231. It's a tough concept, though, thinking outside the box to what would life be like without the one-size-fits-all government fire department. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. From the last margins of the land of Big Brother comes a new pro-freedom website. The UK Libertarian rails against the country's ridiculous regulation. It's crumbling National Health Service. It's disintegrating government schools and the political parasites leeching more of our freedom every single day. Visit us at www.theuklibertarian.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line tonight. It's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. Enjoy those on us. And the features include various different ways to listen in. Live streams, webcam, listen lines, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. Plus our archives going back to 2009 in our podcast, that's free too. freetalklive.com. We continue here, uh, 800-259-9231. Oh, by the way, we've got our, I mentioned our listen lines. I'll give you the number for that. 
It's 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. What is the listen line? That's our, you don't know what our listen line is? It's where people call in and they can listen to the show rather than um, you know having a radio station or uh, listen. Thank God, as you know, I mention it every night on this program. Would think you'd picked it up by now. Yes, that's exactly what the listen line is. I just got the statistics here. We had, in the last week, 6,762 minutes spent on the Free Talk Live listen line. 371 Seems calls. like a lot, but is it? It's, it's a lot more than the Liberty Radio Network listen line. That was only 230 minutes. So a lot more people listening to uh, the Free Talk Live listen line than the LRN listen line. Average listen time, 18 minutes and 14 seconds. I just happened to read that because it just rolled into my uh, email box here as I was speaking of them. So anyway, uh, average person listening for about uh, 20 minutes on our listen line. I guess that's good, right, Mark? I mean, the more people listening to the uh, show, the better. Yeah, absolutely. So get all your listening options over at listen.freetalklive.com as we go to your phone calls over to Japan where Dino is on the line. Dino, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Dino? Uh, thanks. Hey, what's on your thanks, mind tonight? Uh, I was just wondering, um, as you know, I'm, uh, I'm signed on to move to New Hampshire, and I'm very interested in the Free State Project. Excellent. But I think it does... It does you well to uh, toot your own horn, if you may. Um, I, I wanted to know of, uh, and I've been checking around, but I wanted to know of any recent successes of the Free State Project. Successes of the, the Free, free Staters. S- oh, okay, yeah. you mean the Free Staters. Because, right, uh, just to clarify, the Free State Project is really nothing more than, uh, than a mechanism to get people to New Hampshire. It is a website yes. that allows people to sign up to join the Free State Project and pledge to make the move to New Hampshire at a certain t- in a certain time window, and that can be specified when you sign up. Um, but the Free State Project doesn't really do anything else beyond run the Porcupine Freedom Festival and the Liberty and the Liberty Forum. So I guess those would be successes of the Free State Project because this year's Liberty Forum was awesome, and the Porcupine Freedom Festival is is shaping up to be an, an amazing, yeah, yeah, the biggest ever. It's going to be absolutely incredible. But recent successes of Free State Project participants here in New Hampshire is that specifically what you want? Yes, I think that um, probably uh, you know the biggest one is that there are six uh, people who are members of the Free State Project, either friends or participants, um, that are in the New Hampshire House. I mean, try to and also uh, more specifically, there's a uh, there's an organization called the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is kind of closely allied with uh, many people that have moved for the Free State Project. Um, with you know the, the ideas of liberty and and they have 23 A plus members. So how many um you know state legislatures can you claim that what we have 23 tried and true libertarians in the house? Um, and I can't imagine that there's too many of them. Well, I That's would say great. the biggest uh, success recently was the 420 and is the 420 celebrations that continue on a daily basis here in Keene, New Hampshire, and have occasionally spread out to uh, to Manchester and uh, Nashua that involve people breaking the uh, government statutes every single day and uh, smoking cannabis in public. I think that's a tremendous success. I mean, how recent are you talking about here when you ask for something recent? Well, I, I, I was going to let you decide that. I was thinking as close as um, last week, last month, even six months ago or something like that. But as most, you know, just the most successful, most recent. Well, I think that there'll probably be even more uh, people who are Free State Project members, participants, and friends uh, elected to the New Hampshire House coming up in the the, – and actually there's a couple running for Senate, which are good likelihoods too, um, to to be signed on. The Free State Project is doing what it said it was going to do, and, you know, I don't – 
the 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 idea is it's liberty in our lifetimes. We've you know when was when was New Hampshire picked? Ian, two thousand four, two thousand three, three, really that far back? I believe so. I think it was two thousand four, but whatever. Um, you know it it was you know very recently picked as the uh, the state for the the Free State Project, and and things seem to be shaping up. You know, there's uh, eight hundred plus movers, um, and you know the. It could be a lot more than that. We don't know, um, but those are the ones that have signed up and said that they've they've actually have moved, and things are I I, I think progressing as quickly as I expected them to. So, that sounds great. Yeah. So yeah, I that would say within great. the last that's what uh, I wanted to hear within the last few months uh, tends to be it seems that things slow a little bit for the winter time up here as far as activism is yep. is concerned. So I don't know if the last few months were as busy as they might the next few months might might be. Uh, for instance, this weekend we've got the Free Keen Fest that's going on here in Keene. Uh, it's not anything huge like the Liberty Forum or the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but it's a it's a fun little uh, local gathering where people come from across the state. They uh, there's music. We've got live bands that play, and uh, there are tables, and there's illegal food sales going on. People's- and gambling. Gambling usually happens. Yep. Uh, the, the but there are people that come and they sell food illegally without buying, you know, the health insurance or the not the uh, the health permit, the health code permit, or the food permit or the sales permit. I'm, I think there are probably two or three different permits they would uh, allegedly need if they were to follow all the state's rules. But they just come out and they sell tasty food and they sell it without asking permission. And so I'm looking forward to that. And of course the the bands will be great as they always are. So that's going on uh, this weekend and and every day 420s continue on and then. Uh, just coming up here this summer, the Porcupine Freedom Festival. So there's a lot going to be happening. Of course, trials are scheduled. Mark, you're going to uh, to court for a parking ticket. Oh, boy. I'm also going to court for a parking ticket. We were talking with some of the activists this weekend about having a whole bunch of people get parking tickets and having them all take it to, to trial to really clog up the court system. I think that would be a lot of fun. We've got uh, continuing fully informed jury association outreach going on here that's begun to spread across the state. It started here in the Keene area. It's been now going on for almost two years now that uh, we've been doing FIJA outreach, fully informed jury outreach, every single uh, time they have jury selection here. And now some of the other areas in the uh, the state have picked it up. Uh, and I think that's great. So that's one of the other things that we've really got covered fairly well uh, up here in New Hampshire. And this, all of the activism that we talk about on this program, and we talk about it fairly consistently. Oh, the, 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 the burn, the census burn, that just happened over the weekend. Uh, there's video footage up of that right now at freekeen.com. We had it includes Barsky. Yep, uh, activist Mike Barsky uh, he gets burned too. Gets a, fla- a face full <laughs> of flames, and you can see that happen over at freekeen.com. So that was one of the things we uh, tied that in with this week's 420 on, on or this uh, the 420 that happened on Sunday. So that was pretty cool, and there there was a fairly good turnout of people burning their census forms uh, this weekend. So there's all kinds of stuff. There's more happening here than I could even uh, essentially put together for you, Dino, because I really am only connected with the things that are happening here in Keene. I don't know what's going on. Out in the seacoast, or or what's happening in? I in hear there's Concord. a lot going out in all the, all the different places, and uh, and that's great. Yeah, you know, I, I asked a simple question. I expected a handful, but I got a couple of armloads. <laughs> yeah, really and there's more. That. Um, Here's another one it's, for it's you. Really the... exciting, and um, that's why I keep listening to you guys. Great, it's Dino. Well, we look forward to seeing you here, and I thank you for the call. And I'll give you one more thing here. Uh, the 420 celebrations, I think, are going to blow up big time on 420. So 420, April 20th at 420 in the afternoon. Uh, there will be a 420 celebration happening for the first, I think, the, well, no, it did happen once last year, but it wasn't real big. I think this one's going to be pretty big at the State House in Concord. 
So people from all across New Hampshire are going to be gathering on the, the, at the, the steps of the State House to, uh, to smoke some cannabis in public at the State House, and I think that'll be incredibly you know, fun. I like it when they do the 420 celebrations and they kind of, you know, they, 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 they coalesce as a group and they say, you know, we are here to smoke marijuana and, and it's our right and that kind of thing. I don't like it when it gets too, uh, you know, just it, it's it's like too rude, especially in the area of like children and things like that. I think that that's the uh, that's the danger point for it. And so I hope that they, they conduct themselves in a civil manner while at the, the courthouse. Yeah, one what... of the status accused us of blowing smoke in kids faces at the uh, the pumpkin festival, which is just ludicrous. Nobody well, blew smoke they, in any kids n- faces. Not literally. No, but I, I, you know, I warned you about that in the first place. I said, leave yeah. pumpkin fest alone. Let one day go by. And we you didn't, didn't. And that's when the cops came after you. And yep. why? Because it was a rude thing to do. And it was great publicity. It made it to uh, CannabisCulture.com. The video made it, got posted up there. Uh, there have been uh, there were six arrests, so we had mass arrests going on. And nobody we'll see, fo- nobody feels bad we'll when see a bad what happens gets, in Concord. In it should be fun. More coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. You take control. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online. FreeTalkLive.com is the place to go. We've got a lot of features, and they're all free. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their websites. We give it away. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, there are ways for you to voluntarily support us with your three bucks a month. Amp.freetalklive.com is the place to go to get signed up. You get perks like access to the commercial-free AMP-only podcast. Uh, You also get access to the AMP-only phone lines and forum. Get all the details and get signed up for as little as three bucks a month. By the way, we take that money in and use it to amp the show. That means advertise, market, and promote. To get the program, uh, this program on more radio stations, we just crossed the 70 station threshold, which is awesome. And it's uh, mostly thanks to our Free Talk Live amplifier. So head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls. We'll go to David listening in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, David. David in New Hampshire, going once. David in New Hampshire, going twice. Let's try Ted in the woods on the amp line. Hello, Ted. Hey, Arian. Ted, what's going on, man? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, I went to Knob Creek this weekend. We were there Friday and Saturday, and it was awesome. Knob Creek Gun Range, one of our, uh, I would say they're a longtime advertiser on the show now. Uh, Flamethrowers, machine guns, the the night shoots. I mean, how was it, Ted? Tell me more. All right. All right. The night shoots and the machine guns I got, but I didn't see no flamethrowers. I mean, there was a flamethrower for sale, but I didn't see one to rent out Mm. because I would have used it. If it was to rent out, it might have been. You know, it might have been a one-time uh, event. I didn't check the, uh, the the whole verbiage with uh, with Kenny this time. Um, you know, he said just 
Just just use the same one from last time. So hmm. yeah, you have to I check that to next time, Mark. He, he said there wasn't one there this uh, last spring, or not not last spring, but fall, because he went there in this fall, and then I came here with him in the spring. It sure and, uh, makes for great radio no copy, though, doesn't it? I mean, flamethrowers <laughs> oh for rent. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Even if there isn't a flamethrower, it's hell. It's worth going. So oh well, you weren't disappointed you, then? Oh, I was not disappointed. The night shoot, they set up dynamite there. And they lit them off with those little, uh, you know, these little, you crack them and they glow the glow sticks. Yeah. They had the glow sticks all over the field. And the glow sticks were to designate where the dynamite was. Mm-hmm. So that's where the people with the machine guns would shoot at. And awesome. the night shoot, oh my Lord, they had like eight of those glow sticks out there. And I had it, I, I was there standing back there taking pictures, and my God, when they started shooting, those glow sticks just blew up. It was <laughs> awesome. I, I, I strongly suggest everyone go there. I wanted to call you when I was there, because I was there Saturday night. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah, but you could have heard us yeah, over the machine gun uh, fire. I, know, <laughs> I would not have been able to hear you. I would not have been able to hear Still, you. Still, it would have been pretty cool. It would have been but pretty cool to awesome. be able to just turn Ted's uh, phone line on and just hear all these explosions and machine guns. That would be kind of <laughs> cool. I wanted to call you guys, but I was so engrossed in all the machine gun shooting going on. Well, don't really you worry, Ted, because they do it again. It's twice a year, it's right, twice Mark? twice a year, yeah. Yes. yes, it's twice a year. They do it in the spring and they do it in the fall. We're going to check. Make a note, Mark. Check with, what was his name, Kenny? Kenny. Check with Kenny about the mach- the uh, the flamethrower thing because we don't want to be doing false advertising nope. here. We don't want to. Oh hey, hmm? um, I-, I wanted to ask you. Um, yes, Ted. Because I was there and I didn't know who to thank for advertising with Free Talk Live, and I want to know who I should thank because I'm going back in the fall, and I want to know that I should say, hey, thanks for advertising with Free Talk. That's how I found out about you guys. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Ted. Yeah, people have done uh, done that more than once. Um, the, guy, the fellow's name's Kenny Sumner, who uh, runs the show there. You can you can give him a call. Um, the number's at uh, knobcreekrange.com. That's K-N-O-B-creekrange.com. Okay. Great, right, Ted. Anything Eric, else you want to share from your uh, your experiences? How about women? Were there oh, women hey. at Knob Creek, Creek Gun Range? There's some girls there. Oh, yes. And I'll tell you what, man. If um, I would have married any of the dudes there that owned the machine guns just so I could have one on the weekend. And uh, that made me think, man, like, how, if this Knob Creek thing would even be going on if uh, the government wasn't, like, you know, preventing me from owning a machine gun. Right. How many? Why would people go to uh, you know go so far? It's the largest machine gun shoot in the world. Why would people travel? Some some people travel several states in order to get there. Why would they go if anybody could own one and they were readily available and the government didn't limit the use of them? That's a good question. I don't know. Well, I mean, there's still something to be said for a gun show. I mean, mm-hmm. getting a lot of dealers together in the same place yeah. and. Not everybody can afford. What don't they also put barrels full of uh, explosives Diesel fuel and, and shoot them yeah, with oil? Uh, phosphorus yeah. Uh, rounds? Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, not yes, everybody can afford to. Yeah, not everybody can afford I, to have a range in which they can set something ex, uh, you know, that elaborate up. Uh, I think that's that's a pretty special event. I've seen the video footage of it. I'm sure that it pales in comparison to being there in real life. Uh, but even the video footage is uh, is fairly impressive of the night shoot. No, it doesn't. Com- it, if you're there for real, you can feel the blast. Oh, when I bet they you can. Them explosions <laughs> off. It, it's like you can feel it, like pushing against you when you're standing there watching it. How many people oh, are there, by wonderful. the way, for the night shoot? When you're there, I mean, what's the crowd estimated size? What's the crowd? 
I yeah. swear to God, I couldn't walk. It was shoulder to shoulder, man. There was thousands of people. That's fantastic. It Ted, is. Thanks for it telling was. us about that. Anything else you want to share tonight? Yeah, um, I was wrong when I called in and told you that the Westboro Baptist Church did not show up in Charleston. For what? What was that in regards to? I don't recall. Um, they were they were doing their stupid protest. You know how the God hates fags yeah. and the God hates this and the God hates that. They always do them protests. They actually did come to Charleston that morning. I was wrong about that. And who were they protesting um, in Charleston? They they had their sign saying God hates miners. Oh yeah. The, the, oh, for the the mine collapse. Really, yeah, yeah. Over the miner the, the mine explosion that killed the twenty nine fellers down there. Now, what does that have to do um, with gay people? It's just they. I, I don't know. It's I, circuitous logic. The idea. Yeah, I, I really. Go ahead, Ted. I don't know what these people are thinking. I I don't know if they're trying to make people angry, or just yes. to like get it. publicity for themselves. Yes, both. Or what? Both, I would imagine that that they want to make people angry so they can get publicity, and they seem to be fairly effective at it. I thank you for the call they tonight. Are effective. Yep, thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Glad you had a fun I'll time over you. the Knob Creek Gun Range. All right, 800-259-9231. The concept is is that America is becoming more gay-friendly and that God hates that. And So he made the, God, the So God collapse. is punishing everyone as a result. He's killing the soldiers. Hurricane he's killing Katrina. the miners. He's bringing, visiting hurricanes upon earthquakes. us. Earthquakes. Right. So, you know, whatever bad happens. Because there have never been hurricanes and earthquakes before in the history of the world. Well, that was because we were accepting gays at that point, too. Uh, or whatever. I mean, you know, like their, their whole thing is that God hates gays gay people so much mm. that he's doing terrible things to whomever it's disgusting everybody hates them i i think I that they, fred phelps is a total fag I, I i believe they subsist largely on the lawsuits uh, that they get you know basically from people assaulting them you know that i because they know I've heard that somebody's like going to lose control of course and, they are yeah I mean, it's terrible so I don't know. I mean, I, I, that's just what I've heard, and it makes some sense. Toll-free number here, 800-259-9231. Hey, good, a little bit of good news here. AP story, Fairfax, Virginia, man charged with indecent exposure after two women said they saw him naked inside his own home was actually acquitted by a Virginia jury. How about that? Erica Williamson, or Eric Williamson. Well, the 20- amazing thing is that they brought this to trial in the first place. That he didn't plea out or something like that? That, that, uh, but that is amazing. It's also amazing that the, that the prosecutors would even waste their time with a man being naked in his house. Eric Williamson, age 29, has argued since his October arrest that he shouldn't be punished for being naked in the privacy of his own home. Police and prosecutors, as well as two women who testified against him, said he intended to expose himself and made no attempt to conceal himself in a residential neighborhood filled with children. After his uh, acquittal, he said, it's really a weight off my shoulders after these last six months. I think the verdict kind of sets the record straight. It was an innocent action. In December, he was convicted of misdemeanor indecent exposure, but imposed neither jail time nor a fine. Still, he appealed his case to the county circuit court, risking a maximum punishment of a year in jail in order to clear his name. Williamson said, when you know you've done nothing wrong, it's hard to take these kind of accusations and not stand up to it. Well, apparently a lot of people don't mind uh, taking the plea bargain, uh, but this guy didn't. The most most people, I believe. Even if they didn't do it, they'll still take the plea bargain because they're too scared to uh, to go forth. The punishments are usually pretty pretty onerous. He's an out-of-work commercial driver who racked up thousands of dollars in legal fees. At the time of his arrest, he was sharing a home in Springfield with some other commercial drivers. He testified Wednesday his roommates had gone to work and left him alone in the house for the first time in months. He was moving out and decided to pack his belongings and make breakfast in the nude. Hey, there's nothing wrong with walking around your house in the buff. I mean, no. 
It's comfy. Two wim, uh, two as long as you're not, you know, frying something on the stove. I don't. Sometimes you get little grease splatters. I yeah, it's no, that would not be fun. Uh, 800-259-9231. There's a little more to the story. Some of the details on exactly what happened, allegedly, when he was seen naked. I want to share those here in a few moments and get your thoughts. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything. Hour 3 is on the way. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on our site for free. So enjoy those. Again, freetalklive.com. You can get registered for an account there. It's free, and you can post stuff. Stuff like news items or videos or blog posts that you think our listeners might enjoy. And they'll vote them up or vote them down depending on how they feel. And you can do the same thing. It's a great way to influence some of the stories that we might talk about on the radio. Of course, the best way to influence this show is to call in and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231 on the website. Again, freetalklive.com. Coming up, man acquitted of indecent exposure for being naked in his own home. I want to get back to the details, but we've got some folks waiting here, so let's talk to first Jericho listening in Virginia to WSVGAM. Jericho, you're on Free Talk Live. He's gone. Let's try David in New Hampshire. David, you are on Free Talk Live with you. Hi. Hey, David. I was just going to ask questions about um, some stuff that I listened to your show, but when I think of, um, like, the Jungle, that book. Do you, are you familiar with that book? Upton Sinclair. Yeah. Yep. And it and it's it had it seemed to me that it had something to do with um, uh, like capitalism un you know unfettered and and um, people and then and then after that the um, regulations and regulations get taken away and then you know we have things like um like uh, like, uh, I guess we are in a situation now with the bailouts and stuff like that. David, uh, I think this is, this is a great question. I think it goes through a lot of people's minds when we talk about the ideas of liberty. Um, and we, we were all taught in school that uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, uh, America had exper- experienced something that we call laissez-faire capitalism. You will not hear us on this show use the term capitalism to describe much of what we believe because we 
because because the term's basically been bastardized. But um, you know that's that's the idea. It's it's similar to what we believe, so it must be uh, you know it must be the same. But what happened in the late 1800s and early 1900s in the United States, A, was actually very good for uh, both the workers and, uh, you know, the, the, the industrialists and all those people because their, their standard of living went up a great deal in that time frame. Yes, there were problems. Absolutely. Secondly, um, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't free market capitalism because the government still had a great deal of control, enough control to make it so that the rich people were able to do, you know, these, these robber barons were able to do what they wished to do, and the, young, the, the little guy wasn't able to compete nearly as well. However, um, what, you, what you saw is many of these people worked in these factories for a reason, David, because they were dirt poor and it right. beat living uh scratching uh, eking a living out of the out of the the earth where uh right. you know people people lived in it, basically mud huts and uh you know they 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 they, they hoed, had those hoover towns way it, back in the day and all that right they they chose to work in these factories they, they went every that. single day for a reason because they were very 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 poor and what they got paid at those factories was better than what they get now uh, what what they what they got back then Secondly, uh, technology makes it so that things are better um, now than they were before. The the richest person in 1910 still didn't have a flush toilet. They didn't have a colored television. They didn't have a, a, a really likely a, an automobile, certainly not one as good as the one that you or I own, and we're not Air rich. Air conditioning. So uh, you know things things move on. So it it is very unlikely if we if we all became extraordinarily free that everything would return to 1910 and we'd be uh, chopping our fingers off and putting them into the you know cans um, for people to eat as uh, tripe. Also, so, something else to point out is the reason why safe uh, safety has increased in the workplace is because of competition in the marketplace, not because of government regulation. Usually when you see a government regulation come along about, well, we need to have this amount of safety and this kind of brakes and this and that and this and that, uh, these kind of lights, etc., usually they're kind of uh, running out in front of the parade, basically. Yeah. Uh, politicians will, will uh, essentially come out and create a, a regulation that is essentially where the marketplace is already going toward in order to I'd take credit for it. I'd say the marketplace is a little slower than um, sometimes uh, you know, people's vision, and those people manage to get their vision into uh, you know, legislation. However, once it's in legislation, then, you can't, then the marketplace doesn't have the ability to change course. For instance, uh, this ethanol situation, situation the marketplace was going to try out ethanol and see how it worked but then the government got in um in the way legislated ethanol and we found out that ethanol isn't that great of an idea maybe solar cars or maybe wind-powered cars or maybe whatever um you know fission-powered cars are going to be the the way to go but now but we're stuck with, subsidized yeah now we're stuck with the uh subsidized legislated ethanol and how's that going to work out david your thoughts I was just going to say, do you, you don't think that if if um, there's no one controlling or putting, quote, regulations on um, what the marketplace, that um, isn't it going to, like, aren't greedy people going to get greedy and abuse everybody under the sun? I mean, that's the direction it right heads now, in, ultimately. I, David, I understand, I understand your concern. Greedy people are a problem because uh, unchecked greed can be very dangerous. Mm -hmm. However, sometimes they'll get into Congress. Yeah, see, <laughs> well, yeah. What happens when those greedy people that you're so concerned about either get elected to Congress 
or get their buddies who are in their pockets elected to Congress. And then Congress goes ahead and passes regulations that actually help the greedy people. That's the situation that we have today. That's what regulations do. You, you, when you're when you're going to government school, or you go to a government, or a, you know, you go to state college or whatever, they teach you that well, we need the government to protect us from these evil, greedy corporate rulers who are just trying to come in here and take, 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 take. And really, that's not the truth. What the truth is is that the government is an agency of coercive force. As uh, and it Obama... protects those people right. and makes it difficult for the average person to get in there and compete. If I decide I'm going to sell tires and I want to sell my tires at $200 a piece when the regular marketplace sells them at 50, how am I going to do, David? Yeah, well, you won't do well. Yeah, I'm, but I'm greedy, David. But Gosh darn it, I'm greedy and I'm if, rich. What if you could figure <laughs> out, Mark, a way to to uh, get the politicians to outlaw everybody else who is in the business and make it so right. you're the only— I make my tires purple and the, re- and the rest of them don't. So I'm going to outlaw every other co- color of tire, and we can only sell purple tires. Well, and now everybody's got to pay 200 bucks for purple tires because they're— Better for the environment or whatever. Now, it sounds that kind of sounds silly, but, that's, silly, but... that's a realistic uh, interpretation of the way regulation works, because the, the people that want to control corporations erroneously believe that the corporations are some that the government is somehow going to care about what the little people want as opposed to what the the you know the big corporate masters want. I mean, who do you think has the most control in in uh, any given state house of representatives or senate or or US Congress? Is it you and me or the corporations? Well, I I I'm I don't believe that they totally um disregard the masses. You're right. I, I, they're, they're, the fact is that the, the little people do manage to rise up in certain areas, but they're also they, – they don't delve into it. The, so the little people got this health care bill. There were 3,000 pages to this health care bill, David. Do you think that, that the insurance companies and the, uh, the, 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 you know, the big uh, – the pharmaceutical companies and all those people didn't have their fingers in those 3,000 pages? Oh, absolutely they did. Right. So the little people rise up, and then the companies manage to, oh, boy, we've got to react to this. We've got to do something. They get involved. They get their fingers in it, and the little people end up screwing themselves again because the the, the big companies are the ones that truly control Washington, D.C., and always will, no so, matter what we say. But they'll pander. They'll pander to the little guy. They'll try to make it appear as though they're looking out for you, but in reality, they're really just looking out for their buddies in industry. So – the the situation we have today is basically that the government, this tool of violence, is used by the existing industrialists to protect their positions, to protect themselves from upstarts, from innovators, from new entrants into the marketplace. In the absence of government regulation, it's not like it would be unregulated. There would be third-party checks. There would be consumer reporting agencies. Various different groups could step in and certify different companies and say, yes, these products are safe. Yes, they're made in safe manufacturing conditions. You want to buy from this company, not that other company that's treating its workers like crap. Those things can happen in the free marketplace. Thanks, David. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
you need a new computer but don't seem to have the money to buy one? Is your credit stopping you from buying the newest computers that you need today? Then My Computer Club is your answer to buy that new computer or laptop now and pay for it later. Finance top quality new computers and laptops and hundreds of other electronics. There are no credit checks, no turndowns. If you're 18 years or older and have proof of income, you're approved. Prices start at just $22 a month. Go to MyPCCredit.com and finance your new computer today. That's MyPCCredit.com. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free. Those features include our bulletin board system with over 500,000 posts. We've got a lot to talk about there, and there are a lot of things to talk about there. It's virtually unmoderated, however, so do keep that uh, keep that in mind when you go bbs.freetalklive.com will get you there. If you're looking to make a, make a major purchase, uh, you need to go to cleaningcredit.com first. If you have existing foreclosures, bankruptcy, judgments, liens, collections, late payments, or any kind of derogatory credit on your credit report, for one, you may not even know. Uh, secondly, cleaning credit can help you with these situations, uh, You know whether these, these situations are erroneously on your credit report or whether they're, they're situations where you, know, you never had a chance to explain your side. Cleaningcredit.com will dispute these erroneous or these uh, derogatory credit reports, credit report things on your credit report. And uh, it's a law firm. It's a credit repair law firm chartered. And they've been part of the Better Business Bureau for more than six years. This is not one of these uh, fly-by-night operations that's going to ruin your credit. Go check them out at cleaningcredit.com. The cost is minimal, and you will save thousands in the long run if you're looking to make a major purchase. Cleaningcredit.com. All right, 800-259-9231. Uh, just a few more thoughts on uh, what David called in about a, a moment ago, which is a common misconception about the free marketplace. The idea is, and it's a very popular one, the idea is that, well, without the government, we would just have these corporate greedy bastards running all which ways and doing anything they wanted to. They would be raising prices and abusing workers, and it would be hell on earth without the government. It's the government that's preventing these things, these horrible, horrific things that have happened in the past from happening today. Unfortunately, that's, uh, that's just not true. It's just nonsense. And the reason why is because, that, uh, as we pointed out, the government actually insulates the existing companies from competition, from much-needed competition that could change the face of an industry. So they protect these businesses. That's what the government really does. The regulations don't protect consumers. That's what the government says. But remember, when the government tells you something, they're likely not telling the truth. So the government's story is that, boy, thank goodness we're here keeping you guys safe from those greedy corporations. Of course, we created the corporate veil in the first place. Uh, but we're here keeping you safe from those corporations and all their depredations. But, of course, in reality, they're actually just insulating them. So in the free marketplace, what protects consumers? Well, the free market, of course. The answer to that is... The answer to the question of, well, what about regulations is, well, what about how the marketplace would protect people? We already have a lot of market protections in place. In fact, the reason why you're safe today when you eat food that you buy from the grocery store isn't because of the government. It's because the grocery store wants to make sure you come back next week and buy some more stuff. So they have standards. You know, they have a certain level of meat that they won't accept. There's a certain type, there's a certain level, there's an industry uh, standard or a store standard that they have or a chain standard that they have that uh, they enforce strictly. 
because they don't want anybody to get sick. Similarly, uh, with companies like Walmart and Target, big discount or big discount retailers and retailers of all sorts, they don't buy cheap products that are dangerous because they don't want you to get hurt. They don't want to be sued. They uh, they they want Walmart you to be happy. Gonna, isn't going to buy the space heater that uh, you know sets your floor on fire. They want to buy a space heater that has anti-tipping mechanisms and things like that, and the various different uh, technologies that the market has come up with through competition to ensure that a space heater is as safe as it possibly can be if it were knocked over by a, a pet in the middle of the night or something like that. Because uh, if that happens, somebody's going to sue Walmart. It's not about the regulations. The I, I doubt very seriously the government requires that, but it, they may. They may. I don't know. But um, it's it's because Walmart would get get their pants sued off. I don't know what the government does and doesn't require. I know that if you go, I to don't certain, imagine they'd have these anti-tipping things. I know if you go to certain real cheap, cheap, cheap places, you can sometimes find products that, for instance, don't have the UL uh, certification yeah. on them. And that's where I start to get real. If you okay, no UL logo, I get a little concerned because UL testing I don't think adds that much to the cost of a mass manufactured product. And so the idea that a company wouldn't send their product to underwriters laboratories to have it checked prior to uh, putting it out on a shelf somewhere, I think is uh, is pretty shifty. Yeah. But big retailers, uh, companies that want to have a reputation of providing quality products, they uh, they don't they they don't accept your product if you haven't had it certified. So there are absolutely. Already I worked in, place. in this uh, this industry for a while trying to get something into one of these big box stores. It's incredibly difficult. Yeah, they got takes, standards. It takes years. It, it could take years to get through the uh, process. I mean, people make fun of of Walmart for having cheap products, and you know some of their products are a little on the cheap side, but they're likely not going to burn your house down because they're they're built safe. Because Underwriters Laboratories is a private company. That certifies a variety of uh, electronic and other. Uh, I think it's. I don't know what their different categories are, but there are a lot of them that uh, that Underwriters Laboratory certifies the UL logo. Look for it. You'll see it on a lot of things. I've seen it on gas pumps. So industrial size kind of products and consumer products. They do them all, and they have competition too. UL isn't the only certification company out there. There's ETL, and uh, there are others as well. So what I'm explaining here is that in the absence of the government's regulations, the marketplace will provide third-party certification to ensure that you're kept safe. The marketplace, through competition, will compete for the, for the best employees. If you're an employee, you get to choose where you work. Do you want to choose to work at the factory with spinning saw blades that are just wide open and there's no problems and you know there's no health kits around and no no safety procedures right. whatsoever. Everybody everybody has to walk around in the dark with the sweating uh, the spinning saw blades because <laughs> it costs too much to keep the lights on. I mean, you know, these are, uh, a somebody would bring a tort against this company. Yeah. They uh, you know and they would and, and a jury or or a judge or an arbiter or whatever would find against them. So they'd be in big trouble. But do you want to work there? Or do you want right. to work at the place with the lights? On is all I had to do is, 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 is you know get get hired at this factory because I'm imagine the screening process isn't too th- uh, you know they're they're losing people daily in the uh, <laughs> in the pitch black uh, spinning saw factory um, so you know I is all I have to do is get up uh, you know it's completely dark in there and I hear spinning saws. I don't think I'm going to go in there. <laughs> <laughs> There's blood running out right. of the floor because you get to choose. In a free marketplace, as an employee, you get to choose who you go and work for, and the fact that that can happen 
encourages the companies to make sure that their workplaces are the best they can be and as safe as they yep. can be and as comfortable as they can be. That's why the the level of comfort and safety increases over time. It's not because of the government. It's because of competition in the marketplace. Let's continue with Sid in Alabama. Sid, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. What's up, fellas? Hey, Sid. Um, what's on your mind? Well, first of all, kudos for mentioning UL. Um, no one ever mentions that, and I think most people are content to just imagine, you know, this fairy godmother of a government overseeing everything and making sure everything's safe for us. And, you know, anybody, anyone that's informed or really looks a little bit knows that's simply not the case. But, UL is um, one of those things that's ubiquitous. It's everywhere, but not everybody knows what it is. I didn't know right. what it is and uh, what it was until the last few years of my life when I, when I learned right. and was um, was amazed. Right, and I mean that. I mean that. That's just one of the the tools of the, the the free market. I mean that would catch and make sure that, like you said, you know, robots aren't going awry and chopping off little kids' arms or fingers or whatever. It's just it's just amazing. And but like like you said, no one knows about it. You know, well, I don't know I, if you have more that you want to share, Sid. If you do, I want to ask you to call call right back. We've got a bad connection on your on your line there, and maybe we can clear that up. Thank you uh, for the call. If you have more, you're welcome to call back. Uh, normally only one call per night, but if there's technical difficulties, we make uh, exceptions. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll free and bring up anything. 800 259 9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. And tonight it's Ian with you. And Mark. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free. So enjoy those on us. And those features include our Shrine of Female listeners at shrine.freetalklive.com, our wiki with over 2,000 pages created by listeners like you, and wiki freetalklive.com. It's all for free. How soon do you want to start teaching that child that's special to you about the ideas of liberty? I figured I couldn't start soon enough. An Island Called Liberty is a picture book for children, and I read it all the time to my son Jack. It's kind of like Rand, uh, Ayn Rand meets uh, Dr. Seuss. It's a simple story, graceful rhymes and beautiful illustrations on every page, and it'll make it one of any child's favorites. Go to freemarketunderdog.com. See some of the samples and order today. It's 10% discount for listeners of Free Talk Live if you hurry uh, with the coupon code FTL at an island called Liberty, freemarketunderdog.com. All right. We continue here. I believe Sid is back with us on a clearer line. Uh, Sid, yeah. you're back on from Alabama. What's on your mind tonight? Go ahead with your thoughts. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a little better. Okay. Um, actually, I wanted to talk about... Uh, I'll just point out that uh, earlier you guys were talking about uh, the gentleman who called in about the jungle, and you mentioned briefly about companies legislating out um, competition. And a great uh, current example of that is the UPS versus FedEx, or should I say UPS and the Teamsters versus FedEx. Um, Have you guys heard of this? No, I I don't think I have. Uh, Well, basically UPS and the Teamsters are uh, working together in order to uh, right now, FedEx, which does most of its um, shipping 
by plane is uh, considered an airline. And um, UPS, and, it's, and so that makes it very hard to use. You can't unionize one station or two stations. You have to unionize all together. It's basically the gist of it. So, wait a minute. So wait a minute. They're trying to unionize. I'm sorry. They're trying to unionize FedEx. Right. UPS and the Teamsters are trying to get it classified um, not as an airline, but as um, I don't think they're trying to get it classified as a railway shipper, um, which I guess UPS is um, uh, categorized as. But um, they're trying to make it change its status. Uh, what the U.S. sees it as, um, in order to make it easier to unionize. Does that make any sense? Me- meaning it, it would be easier for the workers of FedEx to create a union? Is that the idea? Right, right. Because like I said, right now, in order for FedEx to unionize, one or two stations couldn't do it. It would have to be everyone at once. But if they got reclassified, uh, the Teamsters could work on the big stations uh, or maybe the more liberal state stations, um, Right, because there, you know, there are certain federal government rules that apply in certain job categories to where if uh, 30% of the employees vote for a union, then they get a union or something like that, right? You're saying and, that right. different states deal with unions in different fashions. And because UPS right. is unionized, it, it drives their prices up. It's usually cheaper to ship with – from what I've seen, it's usually cheaper to ship with FedEx than it is UPS. And so basically – I think I think UPS is still uh, a good bit cheaper than FedEx, to be honest. I used to work for FedEx, and um, – I think UPS still hasn't beat on prices. Huh, okay. But, um, I've always found that FedEx was cheaper whenever I've uh, checked uh, checked between the two, but it, maybe it just depends on, on different factors. But it's it, also my understanding that uh, because um, uh, FedEx actually does most of its stuff by air and, and right. UPS does most of its stuff by truck, that there's different rules that apply to the two companies. Mm. Right. So, But UPS and the Teamsters are teaming up to kind of uh, make it easier to, you know, um, for the FedEx. For the Teamsters to get in, get a shot at FedEx, gotcha. which of course would be beneficial to the Teamsters uh, as their, you know, members membership slips. Yeah, they, they increase their membership and increase their dues and, and all of that. I thank you for sharing that story tonight. What kind of phone are you uh, on tonight? Because it is a little funky. Um, I'm on a cell phone. That's all I have. Sorry. Huh. Okay, no problem, man. Thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue here with your phone calls and go to Kaysen listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Kaysen, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, hey there, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? You know, um, I'm planning on going to college in the uh, fall, and I was um, I was thinking about a journalism or a conservation degree, and uh, I'm wondering if you can think of any good conservation degrees that aren't a government job. Who's paying for college? Uh, the GI Bill. Okay, uh, that's that's the first thing I want to get out of way out of the way because I think that uh, a lot of people go to college that don't need to go to college, and if somebody else is going to pay for college, I think it's a fine experience. <laughs> if you're going to rack up a whole bunch of bills, then uh, you know it might be better to uh, look at you know, other methods of you know just so long as it's paid off, at, um, you know, and you're not looking at this huge debt when you get out is probably the the biggest issue. Um, Conservation in the uh, regular marketplace, Ian? Hell if I know. Yeah, I can't imagine too much. It seems like it's it's mostly government work. Yeah, that's what it seems like to me. But, um, yeah, well, I would like imagine I said, the college would be able to tell you what kind of jobs that uh, people with those degrees get. I, I imagine, not that I know much about college. I went to a couple of years of community college, and that was it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, I, I was just trying to find a good place to sink my GI Bill into because, you know, I've got it. It's going to, what are they going to do with it if I don't use it? It's the way I see it. I agree. Come on up. Go to school in New Hampshire. You think I should go to school in New Hampshire, huh? Yeah, why not? I mean, if yeah, you're well, playing I, I could sign up for the free state and uh, go to school up there for a couple of years. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're planning on coming up here anyway, I mean, I don't know if you were or not, Kaysen. It's a thought that's crossed my mind a few times. I mean, I wouldn't mind going up there. I, I really want to go to Porkfest this summer, and I was thinking about it. There are a lot of people plan, making plans to go to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can go to porkfest.com to uh, to learn more. That's pork with a C. And uh, look forward to seeing you. Good luck with your decision. Any other thoughts you want to share tonight? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Well, that's about it. Thanks, Kason. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. So earlier tonight, uh, for those of you just tuning in, we talked about a story from the Associated Press where a man, 29-year-old man, has been acquitted of indecent exposure after two women said they saw him naked inside his own home. He was convicted initially, and he appealed it. So he appealed it considering even though that he was looking at facing up to a year in jail if he were continued to be found guilty on this. This looks like one of those situations where he was convicted by just a judge. He didn't have a jury of his peers. That is one of the, That is exactly what happened. And it's disgusting. And um, the jury did acquit him on this. Yeah, uh, he got a real jury, and the jury's like, yeah, we walk around in our house naked, too. The judge is like, oh, I get paid by people who uh, you know, violate the law. Let me, let me just give you the, uh, the details on this, though. Uh, two women testified that they saw him naked that morning. The first, a school librarian, said she heard a loud moan and drunken singing. And then, as she drove by Williamson's house at about 6.40 in the morning, she saw him in the buff and called 911. A police officer came by the house, saw nothing unusual, and left. Then, two hours later, Yvette Dean testified she was walking her 7-year-old son to school when she saw a naked Williamson standing in an exterior doorway on the side of his home with the screen door wide open. Dean testified that she made eye contact, angrily gave him the finger, and hustled her son away. As she turned the corner, she looked back and saw Williamson from a front window, again completely naked. Williamson didn't dispute that the woman, uh, women may have seen him, but he said that he did not see them and did not make eye contact with Dean. He testified that if he'd known he'd been seen, he would have put his pants on and gone outside and apologized. Under Virginia law, indecent exposure occurs when a person intentionally makes an obscene display of his or her private parts. The law does not necessarily require the exposure to be in a public place. It allows for prosecution when the exposure occurs in a place where others are present. And, of course, they use that term obscene in there. Of course, what does that mean? What does the word obscene mean? Well, it depends on who you ask. Yeah. Right? Uh, is it obscene for you? Is it to... obscene to be naked? Is it? Uh, I mean, do you have to make some kind of gesture in order to be obscene? Right, right. I mean, if you were uh, pleasuring yourself, maybe you could call that obscene. Right. Uh, Trying to imitate a windmill, for instance. Right, or like right in front of your window on display for the uh, for the entire neighborhood. But if you're just walking around your house, uh, going about your housely business uh, naked, then is that obscene? It maybe it's on only who you ask. Maybe it's only obscene if you're fat and have a rash. Prosecutor said the circumstances of the of the case showed that Williamson intended to expose himself, according to the uh, testimony of the librarian about the loud uh, the loud moaning and the drunken singing. He said this isn't a case about being naked in your house; it's a case about intentional exposure. But he lost because the jury acquitted this guy. It's very rare that you hear good news like that, but there's a little bit for you. More coming up. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. 
HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Use the coupon code FTL, that's FTL is in Free Talk Live, and sign up at HostGator.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at HostGator.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but enough time for your call. If you make it right now to 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. And tonight, it's Ian with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy this program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can enter Amazon through that link and buy whatever you need. They've got dozens of categories. You can even buy used items if you need to. And if you buy brand new, you can usually get free Super Saver shipping on a whole lot of the stuff that is available there at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We'll get a percentage when you enter through that link. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I can't do diets. I try to, you know, limit my food intake, then I get hungry, and then I, you know, eat a whole bunch, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> but um, I found a product that, uh, that that contained a uh, an ingredient called Caroluma, and it was. It really worked for me. I, I used it for months, and it, it was great, and I lost the weight I needed to lose, and then eh, the product kind of went by the wayside, and the, the sponsorship went away, and, you know, they the, the, the company went under, and that, that was that was the end of the story. So I just kind of started putting weight back on again, and, um, you know, I couldn't find their product, so I decided to make my own. It's called Luma Thin Plus. I, uh, of course, consulted experts. I'm not in, in my basement uh, whipping this stuff up. But um, they, they made it for me, and they made it even more concentrated than it was pre- previously. And I've priced it so that you can get it for less than a dollar a day. It's Lumathin Plus. You take a couple of capsules in the morning, a couple of capsules at uh, lunchtime, and um, you know, depending on your size, some people take one, some people take two. And it, you'll lose weight. You don't have to change your diet. You don't have to change your exercise, anything. Lumathinplus.com. All right, 800-259-9231, continuing with uh, your phone calls about what you want. Zeke is on the line in Pennsylvania. Zeke, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Zeke? Hey, I just, hey, I just wanted to comment on the uh, listen line. Yeah, the Free Talk Live uh, listen line that allows you to listen in over your uh, phone if you can dial long distance. Yeah, that's what I'm actually doing now, and I've been doing it for about uh, two weeks. <clears throat> I've been listening to the show since uh, about 2004, and I've moved uh, several times from the city, sort of migrating out into the country. Mm-hmm. And my last move, which was about a month ago, put me in this place where I'm having a really hard time getting uh, my local DSL provider to figure out whether or not they can actually offer me the service. And uh, so I've, for three weeks, I've basically been going through complete uh, free talk live withdrawal. And it's been very painful. And uh, <laughs> I finally I realized early on I had to do something about it. So I called, you know, got the number. I had to, I have a cell phone doesn't really handle the internet very well, mm-hmm. very limited access, and uh, I had to struggle to kind of find the number, and I found it. It was like a godsend. And I've been listening to probably, you know, an average of two hours a day, about five days a week. Cool. And it's just really um, just it's been awesome that you have that service available, because otherwise I'd be completely cut off. Great. Well, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're availing yourself of it, and apparently you're not the only one. And people that want to utilize it 
can go to listen.freetalklive.com or they can just use this number. If you go to listen.freetalklive.com, you can get the number any old time because it's kind of hard to write down a number when you are maybe driving or something. But the number is 760-569-7752. And basically, it's just a phone version of our internet stream. So when we are live on the air from 7 to 10 at night Eastern Time, Monday through Saturday, you will hear the live show. Um, If we are not live, then you will hear the most recent show being played back. So at all times, when you call that number, you will hear the, the freshest uh, episode of Free Talk Live. I also want to say, too, that since I've been so kind of cut off from the outer world, I also started listening to the uh, Liberty Radio Network mm-hmm. via phone as well. Yep, you can uh, get to the LRN number by incrementing the last digit of the listen line to from a 2 to a 3. Which I haven't really done much in the past, uh, live or, or well, it's not all live, but I haven't really done that much I just sort of selectively download the podcast that I want, Gardner's show and your show and some stuff I want you and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I've been listening to that as well. It's actually kind of expanded my, uh, uh, you know, repertoire of uh, programming, I guess you could say, with Mark Stevens' show and some other stuff. So it's kind of uh, cool that I've gotten ex- more exposure and more shows that way. So I thank you for that as well. Great. It's a, it's like a friendly competition, even though to some extent, I mean, we are competing with uh, with those other shows at the same time, I'd rather have it's it's just the case that not everybody is going to want to listen to the same thing. And I know that Free Talk Live isn't the right show for everybody. And if they can find a liberty oriented program that appeals to them that they can listen to, I'd much rather have people listening to, you know, Stefan Molyneux or, or Mark Stevens or somebody else like that rather than listening to Glenn Beck or, or, or Neil Bortz or one of these poser uh, libertarians out there. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. That was one of the points that I one of my purposes in putting up LibertyRadioNetwork.com was to help expand people's uh, view of what's out there as far as their different liberty-oriented listening options. And I figured that uh, the rising tide will raise all of us up. And I thank you for the call, and I'm glad you, you're enjoying the service. And uh, it's 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 free, too, for us, which is nice as well. So it doesn't cost us anything to offer that uh, those listen lines to you. So listen as much as you want. It's your long distance plan is what you're paying for. So if you have to pay for long distance, uh, you probably won't listen very long. But if you've got one of those unlimited calling plans, you got nothing to lose. We continue here with your calls and go to Tom listening in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Tom. Uh, Hi, guys. Uh, I'm enjoying the program. Actually, first time I'm listening tonight. Oh, welcome. But uh, I'm a... I'm a fellow host here on GCN. I'm on um, in the afternoons with INN World Report Radio. Okay. And uh, so I, I just thought I'd listen to some of my brother and sister uh, broadcasters, and then I'm um, enjoying the program. So what's and, on your mind tonight, uh, Tom? Well, uh, you know, everything you're talking about is so interesting. Um, but one of the one of the topics that I'm really interested in right now is the WikiLeaks uh, release of the. Um, uh, the Apache uh, gunship video oh, from 2007 God. in Iraq. Are you familiar? I, with I that, couldn't sir? watch it. I started watching. It's it. horrifying. I watched the whole thing, but oh no, oh. God, it's it's awful just to see them mowing those people down. Yeah, it's why it's why I don't pay taxes. One of the major reasons, besides the fact that well, I don't like the government um, at all. You know, from your lips to God's ears, I think. Uh, but uh, if I could just talk about it a little bit, sure. Um, because I'm, I'm I'm writing an article about it now, and I've talked about it on my program and. And I, you know, I try to look at it. You know, everyone, <laughs> everyone seems to say, "Oh, but you have to look at this in context." You know, as if there is some kind of a justification for what you see in there. Um, if you just step back and see a larger context, well, even that I think is a kind of a hollow argument because if you continue to step back 
and the context gets bigger and bigger. Eventually, I think you get to a point where there's just an absolutely unjustified invasion. Yeah, well, you know, I kind and that's of, the ultimate context, isn't it? I, I, yeah, I kind of see the context of you know what what is what would it be like if I was a, in a uh, Apache gunship and I'm sent out to uh, look for bad guys. Um, you know, when I see some guys carrying some AK-47s and maybe, uh, you know, a rocket launcher or something like that, and it's my understanding that some of that stuff was there. I didn't notice it, but, um, you know, people carry AK-47s in Iraq at that time. They, they they still do. It's not that unusual. So what and would it's I, perfectly legal as far as I understand it. As I understand mm-hmm. it, yes. So what would it what would it be like if I, di- um, you know, was up there? And, you know, I might very well be, um, you know, quick on the trigger because, hey, I've got no responsibility for what I do. And I'm a 22-year-old male, and this is my job. Uh, you know, there's, there's lots of reasons why I understand what those guys did. However, what I don't understand is why they're, uh, you know, the, why the military has them flying a helicopter there in the first place. Well, I mean, that's an overarching, I think, um, consideration, and I think it trumps everything else, right? Uh, yeah. you sh- if you're not there in the first place, well, I guess since we're there already, uh, well, I would think if you're there on a, on, a, on a mistake in the first place, then you'd want to do everything you can to minimize the sort of a spreading of that mistake, and this is, seems to be the opposite of just that. Well, that's what, um, they, that's what they do. You know, the military is an agency of violence that is used in never in a defensive fashion. It is used in an offensive manner to go around the world killing people, and I absolutely agree with you that that's the root of the issue. Of course, the root of the issue is really uh, the existence of the coercive state in the first place, because the military in its current uh, form could never exist in the absence of a uh, government fiat uh, currency system where they can just print out as much as they want and spend it on the military industrial complex and in the absence of the uh, the US federal government and its coercion uh, there would never be such a violent uh, worldwide destruction force. I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. Let's talk to Paul listening to WVTS in West Virginia. Paul, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Well, thank you, Ian. Thank you, Mark, for taking my call. How Thanks, are you Paul. guys? We're doing well, but we're short on time unfortunately, so go quickly with your thoughts. Yes, I will. Um it's not as uh, deep as what everyone else has been saying, but I listen to radio all the time, and I keep hearing these um, imbecilic ads sponsored by the Ad Council. Oh, I just wonder, wonder whose money is paying for that. Is that uh, yes. my money? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's all of our money how, that's paying for that. How, how do I opt out of this, um, can I say, stuff? <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> well, I, I guess the easiest way is to pick up and move out of the United States. Um, the, oh, yeah, that's real you. easy. <laughs> yeah. The Ad Council, it'll, it probably will make you feel a little bit better. The Ad Council ads, uh, you pay to produce them, and they probably pay way too much. Uh, you know, Maybe it's $5,000 or something to produce these ads. But they're actually sent to radio stations and mostly played for free. Right. They're, uh, they're, they're not paying for the airtime. Essentially well-produced uh Phil cheesy, cheesy ads. Hey, I, I wish we could talk more about it, so call us tomorrow night if you want to get a little deeper into that topic. I thank you for the call, Paul, and appreciate hearing from you. We never got to the, uh, the, the article we were going to, so we'll save that for tomorrow. It's Free Talk Live. See you tomorrow. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com, and here's Mark. All right, it's another edition of the, the Edgington Post here, a little bonus program going on. And today I have with me Krista from babyreadingkit.com. Now, Krista, you yeah, you created the Monkey See, Monkey Do videos. Is that correct? 
Yes, Mark, that's correct. Okay. Now, um, I I found them, my, my wife found them on the internet, and uh, we got them, and Jack has been, my son has been watching them for, I guess, the last week and a half or so, and it has been I mean, like this this crazy experience around my house. I, I know that two-year-olds are about the time that they start talking and everything, but it he's he's just like he thinks about these uh these monkey see monkey do videos all the time and and talks with them and and it's just it's amazing how much language has has uh, occurred for him in the last 10 days or so centered around these that's videos awesome. that that's awesome yeah a, a lot of kids when they watch them it quickly becomes their favorite videos and um they want to watch them over and over which you know, we've included lots of language in the videos, so they're being exposed to, I would say that it's the second best thing to reading a book because there's rhymes in there and everything is being explained. So it's not just um, like watching a video where nothing correlates to what's happening on the screen with the music or so forth. So, Well, Jack didn't get to see a lot of videos uh, prior to uh, Monkey See, Monkey Do. Um, you know, I mean, I, he, he certainly saw some, but he didn't get to see a, a lot of them. And he did get he he we get to read it. he re- reads every time he wants to read he'll bring a book up and we sit there and read it five times over to him and you know the, the whatever was occurring uh, for language for him at the time wasn't occurring through the books the way it was occurring through the video and um like I said it could be all about timing it could be that the the monkey see monkey do videos showed up at our house at exactly the right time for him to you know just begin um, an explosion of language I tend to think that he's excited about them and that he uh, um, you know that that that's the reason he he is you know much he's just into them and 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 learning with them and um, I mean today he for the first time I mean he's never done this for the first he's counted through one through four together but he just counted up to ten um, on his own and without any prompting and it was I mean we we ran around the house we were so excited that's fantastic <laughs> and. To me, that's uh, you know, I like <laughs> all I can do is it's all empirical data. But for me, that means that the monkey see, monkey do videos have uh, you know taught my son how to count to ten, and um, I you know I get the impression that he's learning how to read through them. It takes a little while, obviously, but I I can tell he's learning new words very quickly. I mean, words that we haven't bothered to teach him that he he's learned right off the videos. That's fantastic. Well, he should watch, you know, with the whole point with the monkey see videos, um, babies don't need to watch a video to learn how to read, but we made the videos to be very fun so mm-hmm. that they would enjoy it. It would be a fun experience. And um, it does take time for them to learn. Some kids are going to be able to show you quickly, but I would suggest that um, you wouldn't want to try to test him and ask him to read for you unless he offers on his own. Right. For several months, because you want them to be excited and still think it's fun. Sure. And when we and when we start asking them, what does that say? And even if um, if they get it wrong, they can sense disappointment in us. Like, gee, mm-hmm. I wonder why they didn't get that right. But if we just pump them up full of language, we expose them to the videos. You can show them flashcards, show them words and books. You know, before you know it, without you even asking, he will just amaze you with information that he's been storing and hasn't shared with you. So. That's always really exciting when they start reading out loud for you. I, I, I can only imagine it is. We haven't we haven't attempted anything like test him for it because it seems, you know, it, it, the the videos stress and um, that you don't, uh, you know, try to test them and you know the testing them takes the fun out of it. And if you take the fun out of it, your baby isn't going to learn to read. But um, right now, I, but I, I'm kind of what I'm kind of curious of is, um, you know, 
when I was uh, there's this other competitor that's on uh, you know some of the television uh, stations out there that my wife wanted to get. And, you know, we always kind of just put it off because uh, it seemed like you would start this at one or 18 months, you know, 12 or 18 months or something like that. When's the best time to start exposing your child to uh, the monkey see, monkey do videos? You can start any time up to their third birthday. But believe it or not, you can start as young as three months old, which people probably can't even fathom that you could teach a three month old how to read. But the younger they are, the faster they learn because their brains are bo- when they're born, their brains are um, developing programs, so to speak, for what they're learning. So they're, they're able to learn written language and spoken language at the same time. So if we show them the spoken language, they can learn to read it, even if they can't say what they're, say what they're learning. We, don't, mostly, we, we mostly don't um, read out loud. We usually read silently, which babies are capable of doing. And um, what's really cool is that if you start teaching them to read with this method, with the sight reading method before the age of three, they're able to decode phonics on their own without explanations. They're able to figure out that the letter B says the bus sound, and they can figure out the patterns of the language. So in the beginning, they're only learning the words that we show them, and then they cross this line at some point, which is different for every kid where they can read words that you've never that you know you've never shown them and they just read them out loud. Yeah, that's just like kind any, of a magical time. Just like anybody can. I mean, you know, I can I can read words that I'd never seen before. It it can take me a little it takes me a minute to get through them, but um, you know, after after a couple of times <laughs> through then I'm I'm through it. Um, and I right. can only imagine that you know, once you have sort of the the basics under, understandings that that would probably be the case. Now, uh, now this phonics thing versus sight reading. I've I've heard that this is a big debate and and all that stuff. And and it seems to me that what I've what I'm beginning to understand is that uh, young children, children from the ages of what you'd said three months to uh-huh. three or three and a half to four, they can do the sight reading thing better than they can do the phonics thing. And then the as they get older, past four or five, then phonics starts uh, picking uh, being their their main way of uh, of learning to read. Right. I wouldn't recommend sight reading for older kids because I think it's a longer, more complicated way to learn to read. But for the young developing brain, since it's able to figure out what the patterns are in the language, it's an excellent way to teach them to read. You figure there's 26 letters in the alphabet, and a lot of parents spend a lot of time just focusing on getting their little kids to learn the the names of the letters and then the sounds of the letters, which is a whole, you know, that's a whole other thing. That's 52 letters and sounds right there that you're teaching. You could teach your child 52 sight words, and they would be picking up the patterns of the language. And they can do something with those. Just knowing the names of the letters will never teach them how to read. We have to teach them the sounds as well. But sight reading, it's a very fast, effective way to teach babies how to read. Babies and you know kids up through three that... Um, They've been doing it for years and years and years, and uh, right now there's a lot of emphasis on babies learning to read, and it's it's very easy to do. It doesn't take a lot of time, and it's so much fun. It's so much fun. Some people have these um, visions in their head that teaching a baby to read is rigorous, and it's you know un it's it's not fun for them, and it's a drill. But they actually they love it, and the only way we do it is if they like it. Because if your baby doesn't like it, you're not going to try to teach them to read. Yeah, but it's just a fun few minutes that you spend, you know, during the day. You can do it as often as you like. 
a session with the flashcards can take 30 seconds. So you would do that 30 seconds two or three times a day. You're investing a minute, a minute and a half. Yep. If you let them watch a video, which is 30 minutes, you don't necessarily have to be watching it with them. So that they're learning on their own. So, I mean, I don't know why parents wouldn't want to invest a couple minutes a day into teaching their kids how to read when it's so easy, so fun, and so rewarding for them. Well, Jack, and, uh, well Jack, Jack wants to go through the flashcards. He he picks up the flashcards and takes them to um, uh, to my wife, Laura, and says, read this. And um, we'll, we'll go, she'll go through the flashcards with him, and then he um, sometimes then she'll stop when she's gone through them. He says, "Read this," and it, so he she does it again, and and so I mean he wants to, he wants to go through them. He does bring it's them to her. It's fun for him. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the point. It's fun for them. They like it, and if they like it, they should be exposed to it because it's just helping them develop at a time when it's easiest for them. To them, there is no struggle. They haven't really ever. They don't even comprehend failure. Babies don't comprehend failure. And it's a perfect time to expose them to reading. My son, I started teaching him at about two and a half months, and I never tested him because he was an infant. Who I wouldn't even think to test him. I just figured we were having a great time. When he turned, um, I would say, 12 or 13 months, I was showing him a sentence that I had written for him, and his eyes followed the sentence. It said, Joshua puts his arms up. And I was holding it up. I hadn't said anything. And he followed it with his eyes to the end of the card. And he said the word up, which is the first word he read for me. Mm. And I was ecstatic. I'm like, okay, this is working. He really knows. He he gets it. And from that point on, he just started reading out loud any words he knew. It was it was fun for him. He had We had invested nine or ten months without ever questioning that he was learning. So... He was happy to show anybody that he could read. Tell me, um, this this gets me to the, um, a question that I had is sort of tell me how you developed this system, and um, how you tested it because I, I happen to know that you have quite a few kids, um, and so you've managed yeah. to you've managed to do uh, quite a bit of testing with this system of yours. Um, tell me how you came up with it, uh, you know that the history behind it. Well, um, I had. Uh I had read a book by Glenn Doman, who has a book out, How to Teach Your Baby to Read. I had gotten it at, on a, at a sale at the library, and uh, I didn't think babies could read. My mom showed me the book, and I kind of, yeah, whatever, okay, just put it in my pile because I love to read. So I figured I'd have it there. And then I met somebody else that was telling me that babies could learn to read. So I went and pulled out that book, and I just knew it was true because I had already had four kids. And I know that my youngest, I used to have her watch Sesame Street when she was young, and she could, you know, I thought she was pretty smart for her age. She could spell out her name and count and say the ABCs and all that good stuff before she was two. Um, but there wasn't anything available at the time that could take them to this level. I was looking for stuff that could teach her on video because she just loved to watch TV. Um, and so when I had my son... Well, prior to having my son, I had made a bunch of materials. I made all kinds of books and flashcards and things to teach my kids, but I wasn't successful because I was kind of overwhelmed making materials. So when I had my my fifth child, I said, okay, this he's definitely going to learn because I, I have no excuses. I have everything available to me. I have all the materials that I've created. So um, So we started with him at two and a half months. I actually did try the competitor's products, which is kind of what uh, sparked a desire to do something because I had been watching educational videos with my kids for many, many years, 
And uh, I noticed that certain videos captured them and really kept their interest. And even if they weren't learning a lot from them, uh, I noticed that if I needed a little break for half an hour to get something done that I could put on a video and my my kids would watch it and they'd be interested. Mm -hmm. So we tried to um, develop these videos to be educational, but at the same time entertaining so that the kids would want to watch them over and over because that is how they're going to learn. Because I think that they're, it shouldn't have to be one or the other. It shouldn't have to be, it's educational, but then the kids aren't really excited to watch it all the time. And it shouldn't be so entertaining that there's nothing to learn. So we tried to come up with the, the best of both here. Well, I think the monkey that see. My personal opinion, the monkey see videos are, they're full of, uh, they've got this, this great song, um, the monkey see monkey do song is it it sticks in one's head whether you're uh, whether you're <laughs> nine months or ninety years um, it's it it's just that sound to it but there's also a lot of poetry in it and the the rhymes are very good uh, you know many children's books the poetry is a stretch you know you're like uh, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't feel or flow quite right and in in this case I've I've just been uh, I was just sort of amazed at how well this sounds really great uh, the the poetry is good then I find out you wrote it um, <laughs> so. Good, good, good on you. Um, that was actually an accident how the poetry got into the videos, but uh, I guess it was a good accident, and it kind of is one of our little um, signature things about our videos that make us different is that we do put a lot of poetry, but um, I love poetry. I love to read kids' books that rhyme. I, I love to read kids' books to my children. I'm a big reader, mm-hmm. so um, we tr- I tried to make those that they would be the kind of stuff that I like to read myself. Now, um, I think it's kind of interesting that when I was, I remember being in kindergarten, I remember uh, the whole class, you know, there's 20, 24 of us, whatever there were, and uh, it was a private school, and we were uh, sitting there, and there was, you know, the teacher wrote a word on the board, and we were supposed to tell her what the word meant, and I remember nobody knew what the word meant, because we couldn't read at that point. <laughs> you know, we were five and six years old, and we didn't know how to read, and, and that was, I think, common. Um, I, it may st- still very well be. I only have my experiences to give. And then, you know, we sort of, uh, you know, learned the, the ABCs and the sounds and all that stuff, just like you'd said. And I think it's very interesting how it is that we, or did, I don't know whether they still do it. I, I have no idea what school's like now. Um, and, and Jack's not going to find out because I'm not sending him to it. <laughs> but um, they... They they attempted to read teach kids to read the way adults um, learn to read because I learned how to speak Spanish, um, and I th- these are the things I did. I went through. I learned the letters. I learned how, what they um, you know sounded like. I went. I picked some words out. I learned them. I how to conjugate them and all that other stuff. And it's that's very similar to the way that we teach kids to read, and we assume that they learn the same way that we do, and they don't at all. Well, the thing that's sad is that. When, you know, babies are born so inquisitive, they're born like um, in a rush to figure out as much as they can. They are such intellectuals. They want to know everything. They want to touch everything and see how it feels. And their brain is just processing everything in their environment. So the best thing we can do as parents is make a very rich and stimulating environment for them so they can continue to learn and that we don't... um, so that we can encourage them to want to always figure, you know, ask questions and figure out how things work. And we can do that. I mean, you don't have to teach your baby to read to do that. But, you know, we do that by talking to them all the time and telling them what's going on. Babies that are talked to and babies that are read to, you know, are very intelligent. They they, they usually speak at early ages and um, 
have big vocabularies and understand language. So even if they're not going to learn to read as a baby, it's so important that parents spend time talking to their kids and reading to them so that, they, that when they do learn to read, if they, if they don't teach them as babies, that they have a grasp of language and, and the meanings in the words aren't so foreign to them that it makes it even more complicated. I think a lot of um, kids today, because parents are busy and they're working, they fall through the cracks and they don't have time to read stories at night because they're exhausted. Yeah. And language is so foreign that they don't, they don't have any grasp of, um, of synonyms, which you come across in books of, you know, words that are similar, that have the same meaning, different words that have the same meaning. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were, say, they were concerned about the F-cats, which are popular here, because their, their children didn't grasp that. They didn't grasp uh, another word for maybe for like a hat, baseball hat could be a cap, mm-hmm. you know, and those are things that you come across in books. You come across so many more words that you would never come across in everyday conversation, which, well, we added those to it because we have all those poems in our, in our videos. The kids do learn quite a few words that they wouldn't learn. Otherwise I was going to make a list of all the words that, that they would be exposed to just through the poems. I haven't done that yet. Well, a lot of them I thought was interesting was like cornfield and and you know there's there's words that you know you don't I, you just don't use those too often in in everyday life and um you know I, I was just looking through the cards today as a matter of fact um and it it's 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 a great deal of uh, of vocabulary the kids will be exposed to through these these videos and and through the flashcards that come with them. Have you used the Memoflix DVD as well? The which flicks? The one that it's Memoflix. Is it the one? It's the it, video flashcards. Yes, uh, we actually yeah, had that on today. I think that was with the uh, okay. the one with the cornfield in it. Yeah, and it's it's got a bunch of uh, you know different categories, and then in those categories, there's flashcards that relate to that. So you know, like in the barnyard, and then there's a bunch of things that would go on in the barnyard, or you know, just different categories in the kitchen. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Just teach them uh, where things are and what they are. Shows the words and the pictures and all the animals. So even if kids don't learn to read, they will be exposed to all kinds of vocabulary and um, it will make it so much easier for them when they are ready and when they do read. It's kind of a, a, a win-win situation. With my fourth daughter, I attempted to teach her, but I wasn't consistent because I was never felt like I had enough stuff, enough materials on hand because I had to make everything myself. Mm-hmm. But she learned to read at four years old easier than any of my other children. I had already taught three how to read. She learned pretty much on her own, and I attribute it to all the things I showed her, even though she didn't read as a baby. I know that being exposed to all that language, I was showing her words all the time and and reading to her and talking to her. She just picked up language. I told her a few sounds, a few of the phonetic sounds with the workbook, and she pretty much just started reading on her own. And at five, was reading Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys and Jeez. and stuff like that. So it's hard to imagine. I don't see that when you stimulate your kids. I don't think you'll ever have a bad outcome. I think that you know what you put into it is what you get out of it. You know, you do need to um, set aside the time and be regular. You can't just expect to show them something once a week and think that they're going to get it. You need to, to be consistent. Consistency is very important and frequency, but um, but they do benefit 
whatever we show them, they're going to benefit. Right. These these videos and, and the flashcards, they require, you know, a few minutes a day from you, really a few minutes a day from you to, uh, you know, to, to show them and, and that kind of thing. And, and the videos, of course, make it easy because you can uh, plop them down there in front of the television. They sing along. They have a good time and say the words and things like that. And then, you know, a, a Six months, a year later, they're they're learning how to read, <laughs> and it's it, it it truly is amazing. But at the very least, they learn better, you know, language skills and things like that. I know Jack's getting that because in ten days, I can see the uh, the tremendous improvement. And if people want to go to babyreadingkit.com, they can see a video of a couple of uh, children there that have uh, been using the pro that have used the program and learned how to read. And um, it's you know, it it seems real obvious to me from the video that that that's what happened. Um, and you know, but either way, your child's prepared, you know, far better for life by learning to read sooner because they have that much more time to, you know, accumulate things in their little minds. And and it, it seems to me that's what you want to provide for them. Yeah, definitely teach them while it's easiest, I think. Why wait until they're five or six and, and it's all learning by rules and it's complicated and yep. even have a chance that they would struggle with it? Reading is the backbone to all other learning, so... If you raise your children to be able to read from a young age, they're not going to have struggles in school. You know, they they generally are able to comprehend what they read at a better level because they're not reading in a broken up way, which is how children first read when they when they read phonetically, breaking up all the sounds and saying it. Babies are le- learning to read whole words, so when they start reading, they're reading. You know, they're not saying. Um, my name yeah. is, you know, they'll just read it. My name is Jack, just like that. So it gives them more fluency in their reading. They, they, they're they able to read more smoothly and better. You know, and for 130 bucks, this is, it's it's pittance to, uh, you know, for your child to be able to read so much much earlier. It's just, it's it's really a small investment. And, uh, you know, go to babyreadingkit.com now, uh, you know, right there at the bottom of the page, you can get the uh, the set. It's been wake, working great at my house. And uh, Krista, thank you for your time. I have to uh, have to go on and do the, the regular show, but I the, this will be heard by thousands of podcast listeners this evening. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Krista. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Stouffer's. Let's Fix Dinner. Find dinner ideas to bring your family together at the table at letsfixdinner.com. Juggling schedules so that everyone eats together can be tough. Try starting with one family dinner a week, whenever you can fit it in. Take turns picking the meal and have everyone pitch in. Working together will bring your family closer, even if it is just once a week. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. Attention, all active duty members and veterans of the U.S. military. Your proud service to your country entitles you with the right to participate in special VA loan programs with benefits not available to the general public, like the ability to purchase a new home with no down payment or mortgage insurance, or refi with cash out up to 100% of your present home equity with less strict credit criteria. You are entitled to these benefits. Review them online at varadio.com. This is Tim Lewis from iFreedom Direct and a veteran of Operation Iraqi Freedom. I want you to know that as a member or veteran of the United States military, you've earned special rights and privileges. On your feet! And get the details at varadio.com. iFreedom Direct Corporation is a private lender approved by the VA and licensed in most states. In certain states, certain restrictions and limitations apply. For a current list of licenses, disclosures, and all benefits, go to varadio.com. 
varadio.com.